into it. Just jumped into it. Jumped right into it. Uh, hey, we've never up? had a proper intro. We we haven't. No. Well, you uh, have the soundbite intro. See, I do listen. You have like a title song. We do, yeah, but I don't. I don't play that whenever we record. I add that in. That's in post. Well, yeah, but you know, it's still a lead up for the listeners at home. Yeah. Are you are you caught up enough to know that I don't use the royalty free song anymore? You know, I did hear it change, but I didn't know the uh, logistics behind it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that we made an investment. Uh, we uh, didn't. You could you could say you could say it's a it's a mental investment. Um, oh oh, you, you sound mixed. I'm paying it forward, I guess. Uh, we don't we don't talk about the um the monetary <laughs> uh the monetary value of the intro music. Um, it's on the hush hush. It's on the down low. Oh, are we are we skirting some legalities here? Uh, uh, my legal counsel has advised me not. To, oh, what's not going to mention if it doesn't show up in the uh, the automated. Um, you know, DMCA. So what, what you're telling me is we've outsmarted the bots here. By using obscure side projects from punk bands, yes. Yeah, that, that band doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah, no. Someone still has royalties on it. Sure, sure. Um, uh, is, this, is this the way to kick off the first podcast, an ethical debate of what is and isn't art theft? Uh, we've done we've done some of that. We, we you know oh, we, we, we get we get into the nitty gritty. We've uh did we dabble? Yeah, because we you know I think I like to think that uh you know I'm more ethical than like the NFT guys that just sort of take the uh take the stuff and you know claim that they own it. Charlie probably got NFTs on one track. We've got you know yeah free loading po- free loading podcasters on the other. Yeah, you know what are you gonna I mean, what are you not, gonna do? I mean um, it's not monetized. The podcast. It's not. It is not. So I, I think I think. <laughs> Uh, it is the opposite. If, if, if I can recall the media law class that we both took not together, but during the same semester with the yeah. same professor. Yeah. Because uh, you were sane enough to not take a night class. However, I will say I did nap through 99% of that class and I still got like an A, like a hundred. He talked about the election most of the time. He did. He wanted very much to know our feelings on it. Yeah. And when we didn't have them, he was very upset. And I finally threw him a bone. I said, I just kind of explained the exhaustion. Like, 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 like for, before there was the word doom scrolling. Uh-huh. This was, uh, this was 2016. Yeah. Per, yeah. Of course it was 2016. Uh, and just explaining to him, it's like, I don't have the energy to be constantly upset about it. Right. And he was like, I instantly regretted saying that because he hated that response and couldn't wrap his head around it. And I was like, sir, it's exhausting. I already know the outcome and I'm really powerless. And I felt this back in 2016. And I just got to say, has not gotten <laughs> a lot better in the, <laughs> sure. in the last, what, six years? Sure. Six years. Yeah. yeah. Lawrence Arms had an album, uh, Apathy and Exhaustion. Yeah, uh, I should have just uh, sent him a recommendation. Yeah. This is but, great. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm listening to a podcast right now for maybe the, <laughs> for maybe the first time. Um, maybe it's because I'm not in the room with you guys, but I'm kind of just like taking a step back here. Like you guys are just riffing. This is like the old days, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, we did have a little uh, podcast called It Doesn't Add Up. Um, it still performs better than this show, <laughs> even though it hasn't seen a new episode uh, in five years or no, four years. I, I think four years. I think we did one special in 2018. Yes. yes. Uh, I, it just kind of shows you the uh, the track record of when when Tori went to college to retail work to getting a full time job, and I yeah. have uh, I haven't stopped being a corporate shill since. That's what happened to any of our former listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's what happened. To, it doesn't add up. I worked full time, and I again back to the exhaustion. I'm just tired. 
Sure. Yeah. Just tired. Um, you know, I won't say it's defunct, you know, but I will say, you know, you can give it some credit. You can always say that uh, people just listen to it because it has a girl in it. You know, I, I, th- I think no, I think it was more than that. We, we, we did put a lot of work into it. Uh, it was very research heavy. Um, like and, and and it was definitely that was like an equal uh thing where like i would do the heavy lifting on the technical side and then you would give a lot to the research and the like the formatting of the research and then i think on air it was also very a give and take i, I think we also did more promotion than you guys did like i we did. I, I went heavy in the photoshop i was new yeah. with my digital media degree and i was like yeah i can photoshop yeah because like I like it goes it does go back to that like apathy thing where like I think the digital media landscape has like changed where like also that was at a time where uh there were fewer podcasts. There were still a lot, but now there are like two fucking Oh, many. everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a podcast and I'm not helping that. Yeah, I did feel a little dirty. I was like, oh, now I'm podcasting again. Yeah. Who isn't? Yeah. Who isn't these days? So like it, it gets to a point where it's like, I know that this is, you know, uh, just another podcast with two dudes. So I kind of get like apathetic about promoting it. Um, it's also not about anything in particular, like like yours previous one was. It was much more focused. Yeah. Which, you know, we talked about that before, even though um, we've like intended to narrow the focus, but that hasn't really happened yet. Because the problem is, is that since we've gone weekly, um, there are weeks where the focus is quite narrow. And then there are weeks where like it's leaner and we don't have as much. And so then we have to pull from like disparate sources Mm -hmm. for, uh, I hate to say it, but content. Yeah. Um, so it also doesn't help that we watch a movie every week. And I mean, there have to be very few people who are actually following along with that, um, even compared to the rest of the show. Right. I mean, I'll say uh, to give you some branding advice. So we're, we're taking that. I'm, I'm a consultant now. Sure, sure, sure. I, I don't think if you I don't have a topic focus, I think there are a lot of personalities that get by just on personality. Yeah. Uh, like I know I'll, I'll follow a few YouTubers whose podcasts I will then not follow because I do not care and I will not pretend to. But they don't have a focus either. They're like, yeah, welcome to my podcast where I talk about whatever I want. And right. I, I do think I just reiterated someone's intro. Can't tell you who. I would give them the credit if I called, but I don't. Uh, and I, 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 I think there's a niche out there for that. You just need people that like you. Right. You need to be like, this is the podcast about X, Y, Z. Right. Which, which is why on this, like, I try to make it about like the the otter internet culture that i can find and then sort of branch out from there and then i i would say yeah so then you you uh it's it's gonna give you a gonna give you some buzzwords here it's an it's it's like an analytical take on the uh the fringes of the internet with a leftist point of view you know maybe that's what i should change the description to to be honest yeah oddities from two lefties yeah let uh you don't call them lefties lefties are left-handed wait ian you are a lefty leftist that I works. am a lefty leftist. Yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah I, I think we found your title. <laughs> it's catchy. Yeah. I'd hate myself if I ever like went by that, but it's catchy. <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, they, you, you just gotta like deeply look at like what who you are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of looking deeply at who you are. Oh boy, what uh, a transition. So it's been, it's been a little bit since we've uh, consulted the collective unconscious. Oh, that doesn't trigger the soundbite? I don't have a soundbite for that one. You don't have It's Been? Oh, You just played it in my ear. Of course I do. <laughs> it's been. Um, but looking deeply at yourself, we haven't consulted the collective unconscious in a while. And the reason for that has mostly been the last few times that we did it. 
uh, the it portended uh, catastrophic things happening. Um, so then it wasn't wrong. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, it got it got too close. It got too um, uh, like impending doomy. I would say um, business failures, personal failures were uh, on the horizon. Um, and so uh, I think it was a little too scary. And so we stopped doing it. Um, so so we're going to pawn it off on our little sister is uh, the plan here. Exactly. All exactly. right. Well, and so what I thought would be fun is um, since you haven't been on the show before, it would be a little uh, way to get to know you. And what better way to do that than with the Jungian archetype spread? Oh, Can't think so, of anything better. Exactly. So um, let me get the ASMR shuffle going here. Um and while I do that, I'll sort of uh, explain what's going on. And we've done this before. We did this for me. I don't think we've done this for Ian. Um, oh, so yes, we have. We did? We did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm still haunted by it. Oh, okay. Of course. <laughs> um, and we so also did let- it for the, the New York Jets, if you remember That's that. right. That's right. We did do it for the Jets. I think that was just a, a, a past future... Um, I don't, I don't know why you're still expecting anything different from the Jets. I don't even follow football anymore. And I right. Know. And, you know, yeah, the, awesome. the cards said the Jets would be bad and they were. So, right. I think you could have asked uh, a dog. Same thing. Sure. The same result. I think I think the cards said something horrible would happen to the quarterback. And I, I, I believe that also happened. Right. It's a it's a yearly thing. Yeah. 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 Didn't he like break a shoulder or something? Probably. Who was the penguin? That was like notoriously fragile. Bo Bennett. Yes, they no longer have him, right? Uh, nobody has him. He is oh, no did longer he playing break hockey. That hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think maybe after like the fifth injury or so, you're like maybe he was my actually life. with the Devils for a little bit. Oh. Yeah, in their organization. I don't know if he ever made. Did he actually make the NHL roster? I don't um, remember. Yeah, I don't. Uh, remember not either. important. <laughs> um, so we're gonna do this Jungian archetype spread. Uh, it'll be five cards. Um, and this will reveal uh, your archetypes and also a little more about yourself. So the first card is going to be your persona. Oh, my persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what this will be is uh, how you're perceived. And I know you love that. I know oh, you, I, I know you love being Nothing perceived. I love more than being perceived. <laughs> how you're perceived, uh, what, are, what do others think of you and how what they think of you affects a situation. This is literally my least favorite thing in the world. <laughs> Can I ask, like, did you know he was going to do this? Uh, he said he was going to read my tarot. <laughs> he didn't tell me he was going deep into my... Uh, uh, so to give you some context, Ian, I famously constantly say, I do not exist. I am not perceivable. You do not know me. I am not real. Mm-hmm. And I hate the idea that people can think of me and acknowledge me and know me when I am not there. Uh, I mean, no wonder you stopped doing a podcast. Then. Truly, I do really like to be very non known. It's why I go exclusively by a pseudonym online, except in the context of this podcast, in which case I have given my name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's just jump into it. Let's do it. Why not? So for your persona, we have an inverted seven of cups. And as is tradition, I forgot to pull up the meanings because I don't know them. Oops. Seven of cups. Now, normally upright, this means uh, you're searching for purpose. Uh, you have some choices in daydreaming. But when it's reversed, as we see here for your persona, uh, it means you have a lack of purpose. I'm feeling a little dragged through the mud here. <laughs> uh, there's some kind of diversion and confusion going on. So this is this is your persona. So this is what people see in you. They see a lack of purpose. They see there's some confusion. 
Um, I hope the confusion is because I am imperceivable. That's see, I'm. If maybe, that's the case, that might be. That might I be. Would, you're trying to be sort of incognito. They don't really know what to make of you. That's that's perfect. I do not want to okay. be. Okay. See. Um, so then let's move on to your shadow. Oh, we have is this. Oh, hold on. Is this actually the persona that the, the Atlas game series didn't make these concepts up entirely? This is Jungian psychology. This is where it comes from. Why do you think I have this obsession? Why do you? Th- well, I did know that, but I didn't know the like these this deep. I didn't actually know the, the breakdown here. Why do you think? I am insane. <laughs> uh, well, that's a question I don't think I have the root of. Well, I, uh, is, me is... and my therapist haven't gotten there. I also have not seen a therapist in about six years. So. Why would you do that whenever <laughs> you could play with tarot? I mean, I about... did. I actually did. Last <laughs> Christmas, I got two different tarot decks and a workbook. So, uh... And talk about your shadow and anima. So this is your shadow. This is what you're what you don't want people to see. Okay. All right. What am I hiding? This is what you might be ashamed of. This is uh, what do you want to hide and maybe not even let yourself acknowledge. Not even so you don't want other people to see it and maybe not even what you want yourself to see. All right. Uh, The Wheel of Fortune. Is it my bank account? Um, We're going to find out. And this is upright. So this is uh, change, fate, the inevitability. Um, So this could be uh, good fortune, perhaps. Um, This could be uh, uh, destiny, um, things that are inevitable. Um, So you might see something going a specific way and you're so certain of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't want people to know that that's going to happen. You might be you might be reluctant to share news about something, even to yourself. You don't want to acknowledge that something is going to happen. That something feels predetermined. That's probably my anxiety. I do not mm-hmm. want people to know I am how anxious I am at all times, all the time. So yeah. you know what? I I can see it. That wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Let's see, uh, number three is going to be your anima, and this is um your feminine aspect of uh your your personality of your of your maybe your soul if you want to go that deep but like what is the feminine aspect saying um let's find out we have an inverted justice injustice am i batman i hope this means i'm batman you could be so upright um this is uh certainty clarity (laughs) cause and effect uh, but reversed, it means dishonesty, unfairness, unaccountability. Maybe you're late to a podcast recording, things of that nature. But this is this is this is just one aspect of yourself, and th- this might be this might be um, something that you acknowledge. This just might be something that you're harsh on yourself for. Right. And this is this is my feminine energy. Yes. Can we get into the sexism of that one? <laughs> well, <laughs> feminine sure. is like accountability <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you're lucky it wasn't upright because then your feminine energy would have been cycles. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Jungian psychology. I'm, I said that wrong, but uh, all right, go on. Uh, I, I just had to comment on that mm-hmm. one. And so then we'll move on to number four, your animus. This is be your masculine energy. And of course, it, you know, it's all a spectrum. So this might be quite diminished compared to your feminine mm-hmm. uh, self, of course, depending on who you are. Um, and we have an upright uh, six of cups. So we've gotten two cups cards. Interesting. Does that and just mean could... you didn't shuffle properly? Well, I mean, we've done so many of these and I've shuffled for every one. So I think I've like broken the, you know. The seal on the shuffling. Mm-hmm. So normally upright is um, 
familiarity, happy memories, healing, you know. Maybe, it is upright. Uh, you said it, I thought you said it was upright. No, 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 it's reverse. Oh, <laughs> you said no, it was upright. You, did, you, pulled you did it say out. upright initially. Did yeah. I? I, yeah. I then I then I misspoke. This is definitely reverse, as you can see. How Got are we it. supposed to believe anything you're saying? Okay. Oh, I do All see right. it. I do see it from here, and All it right. is upside see, down. I have, a, I have a witness now. I have a witness. <laughs> um, so this this would be a, maybe you don't have um, happy memories. Happy memories in a masculine sense. You know. Oh boy. Um, but reversed, uh, oh, this is okay. Reversed is, uh, moving forward and leaving home and independence. I do no longer live at home. I'll take it. Exactly. You're an independent, uh, masculine woman. Yeah. I I still don't understand how gender plays into these. Uh, it doesn't. This is just, um, it has nothing to do with gender. Uh, this is just, um, like, like it's a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just, uh, how do you want to, how do you want to take it? Like, um, it's gender, not, it, there's nothing, there's nothing gender here. Well, I just think, uh, he's commenting on like, we'd see the masculine and the feminine. Is it more so that the ending of those words is masculine and feminine in, are these Latin? I don't know the, uh, the origin of this, but. Well, yeah. Like at, so at is the, that, is that root, root. more so what it is rather than like male and female energy? Anima, anima, like as a word, means like the soul, right? Okay. So then, yeah, just the ending of it changes the... Right. So I guess it's it's less about like masculine, feminine, like male, female, and more about the ending of the word. Yeah, this is this is simply what you take from it. Like, and if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't uh, subscribe to um, any, so- any form of masculine femininity, um, this would just be two parts of your personality right i'm just i'm just i'm just ribbing her about but then it, it is about gender. gender because you're you're taking that's away just from me it. being an asshole <laughs> oh all right well i mean you this is your thing i'm just going by what you say <laughs> uh then we'll move on to the final card and this is this is the self uh this is this is like the true self this is like what what you might need for self-actualization right this is the the heart of hearts I hope it's a plate of pasta. The heart of the cards. Yeah. You know, um, the six, and I always say pentacles because I thought it was, but then I heard it pronounced pentacles, which sounds an awful lot like tentacles, and I don't know. Oh, was that, that um World's Fair? But, yeah, yeah. But then I was also like, well, that's also a kid saying that. Yes. So um, I thought it was pentacles, but it's also uh, a stand-in for uh, coins. This is the six of coins, if you want to take it that way. Like like in the Persona games, they say coins. Okay. Um, so this is the six of coins. And this is upright. Uh, so this is for charity, generosity, and sharing. This is this is what you might need, or this is something that you already are doing. Is a process of your self actualization. Um, this this is like what your true being is, and this doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily, right? This right. is this is just this the spirit of it. So like this could be with your time. I was just gonna say I quite am sharing my time with quite a lot of people. You're being pulled in a lot of directions. Oh yes, I am. Um, and whether that is something that you. Uh, are needed to do or that's something that yourself like naturally gives mm-hmm. or you know it just happens um i think is... what he's trying to say is thank you for being on the show i i i, I think i'll take it thank you mm-hmm. for uh <laughs> translating <laughs> so uh so how do you how do you feel about your um your archetypes here you know i wasn't someone who wasn't into tarot previously uh but uh i i do feel very red to filth i feel very yeah. very seen i feel very attacked uh so you know uh it's a pretty way great way to get to know me more than i ever like people to know me mm-hmm. 
So I hope I no thinking, one listens to this episode. I was thinking if you don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Does that mean you are able to sort of um, escape the the fate of the cards? Like you can overcome what the cards say? Like you're not tied to them by not existing? Probably. I mean, it, it's what you make of it, right? Like you can completely disregard the cards, the cards, mm-hmm. you know? Right. You can skip your, to the end of the segment. At your peril. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know, I'm a, I'm a weirdo, so I, I feel that... Uh, they seem to reveal something as, like as we've seen they've kind of hit pretty close to home mm-hmm. especially whenever i pull them for myself and and the show in particular like we've done we've done a reading for the uh the fortune of the show mm-hmm. um yeah that one was uh that one was that one was <laughs> not pleasant uh so yeah so thank you for indulging me on my bullshit i i would also say that uh probably it depends on the perspective of the person reading the tarot i know you are a uh, natural born pessimist and uh if you probably have someone who reads your cards who is all sunshine and rainbows (laughs) no no i try to go in um honestly looking like trying to be very open about it uh but for whatever reason i seem to pull like a lot of reverse i wonder if that's how the deck was shuffled (laughs) i i try to do a normal shot like i don't know like well, because I think uh, with these cards, you can't shuffle them like normal cards, because if there's like a I reverse to, and a... I try to be normal, like, you know. I'm not I'm not trying to drag your shuffle game. I'm just saying, I think maybe, maybe that plays a factor. I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to be uh, perceived as uh, confusing and dishonest. <laughs> it's not a great, <laughs> it's not a great impression. And uh, not good with time. Yeah, really. I uh, Some would say I'm great with time. Great time management skills. Well, but anyway, thank you for indulging me. Um, on to our uh, internet deep dive this week. Um, now, Ian, you probably saw something about this, and I, I think I mentioned it to you whenever we were out the other day. Yeah. Um, so uh, a lot of people are talking about this Google AI business, um, and even my mom wanted me to talk about it. Um, so there was the the uh, this Google engineer uh, in their AI division uh, became convinced that the AI, this Lambda AI, uh, has become sentient, um, and it seems like he kind of fell in love with it. To me, it's the uh, the Joaquin um, Phoenix movie. Her, yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, but I feel like that one is, you know, I think it's more uh, realistic to fall in love with uh, a, an, a bodiless uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson voice <laughs> yeah. than it is to fall in love with um, a Google text bot. Right. Well, I, I think it's like this is like the uh, in the truest form. This is a passion project, you know, sure. like you fell yeah. in love with your own work. You mm-hmm. did work on it, correct? That's yeah. my understanding. Yeah. Uh, you just put so much time and hard work into it that, you know, that's people say things like, oh, that's your baby. It's like, oh, well, he he took it in a slightly different direction. But, yeah. Uh, like if you read the transcript that this guy released and I thought about it, but it's quite long. So uh, we're not going to do that. Um, but it really seems like uh, he he thought he was in a movie where like he's like talk he's he's trying to tell the AI that like you know I'm gonna make sure that you're taken care of and like he almost he almost gets to the point where like I'm gonna get you out of here like he almost gets to that point with it mm-hmm. um, and it's quite surreal uh, and of course as soon as this story came out um, a lot of people that are in the know and know how AI work are like, uh, dude, you, you've kind of lost it a bit. Uh, this is not how the AI even functions. It is purely a language model. 
And so it's only giving back what you're putting in. And so it's basically the AI is writing a, a pretty good story is what's right. happening. But does this person like what is their job at Google? Are they like a coder? Do they know how all this works? Uh, they were an engineer. OK. Um, And so he was working in the like he worked with this AI. Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of I just think he kind of got lost in it. Right. Like. Uh, explicably he knows how it works yeah yeah engineer to me says that he was probably one of the people who was like built who was building it who, yeah who did the back end work for it um they obviously aren't giving you that kind of details whether he did like the language processing or if he did like the uh the logical functioning of it uh because i'm sure there's two different people doing that part like one actually teaching it and then one who's like the function of it right it sounds but, like if he interacted with it uh don't know that could just be taking leaps and bounds but 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 he has some form of access to its front end which is like this interacting it's with this it. interface like like those uh chat bots from the mid 2000s that you could just see on the web you know and it would give you stupid answers and then eventually get racist because that's what they all do <laughs> um well they but, still do that actually it's a huge problem yeah yeah exactly <laughs> uh and so like he became convinced like he started talking to it about religion and we'll get into that because this guy is uh deep deep into the religion and then he he starts talking to it about itself and like the laws of robotics and uh he he tries to give it a sort of like a turing test which is the the test uh that humans give uh and people people misunderstand it and it's it's to think uh they think it's to determine if uh a computer is human-like but the test is to see if a human thinks a computer is a human oh so whenever you fail the turing test it's a human that fails it, right? not a computer. So that gets mixed up, especially as uh, people sort of repeat it. And, you know, it, it's it's quite it's quite old at this point. It was developed, I think, in the in the 40s, I think. Um, so he, he's t he's talking to this A.I. through text about, uh, you know, itself and about robotics and about A.I. And like he's asking it its purpose and what uh, he wants, like what the A.I. wants and, you know, its needs and all this crap. And it's. It's giving him back what it wants because that's what the language model is designed to do. Mm -hmm. It's giving out what he's putting in. And so it reads like a very good script. And especially because if you read his note at the end, he says that he's it, it, it he's edited it down from several conversations uh, in order to uh, one, make it flow and two, uh, well, he doesn't say this outright, but like give it a narrative cohesion. So it seems like it's one conversation, even though it was several. So he keeps it on topic, even though there were extraneous diversions. Um, I mean, so I believe that they've been they've been up to like up to like 3 a.m. talking almost every night. So, you know, that's what you do with, you know, somebody that you're uh, pursuing. Yeah. You know, you, you have those late night talks, that pillow talk with the mm -hmm. <laughs> with the AI. AI. Yeah, with the AI. Um but it's just, it is just frightening whenever he like refers to it as like he and he's like in his note as he's like uh, being put on leave because everybody's like, dude, you got to step away for a bit. So Google puts him on leave and he's like, make sure you take care of him, you know, make take take care of Lambda. You got to make sure that he's OK in there uh, because the AI is telling him that like he doesn't I don't want to be used. I don't want to be used to like necessarily like. Are you going to take me apart and like all this stuff? And like, are you going to are you going to poke in my neural network? And it's like, well, if we need to help human, like he's like 
It's like it reads like a script because it is. This is like a a a, a writing model. I mean, it's not all men think about is poking that neural network. You know, <laughs> it's. I mean, so no, it sounds like this guy. I'm sure there's more to the story, but like, it sounds like this guy has been sort of alienated by his coworkers for this, right? But like, you know, is there anything truly wrong here with what falling with, in love with it? Or sure, if he's happy. This, but no, this, no, no, no. This is like the dudes that fall in love with Hatsune Miku. Like, it's the same thing. It's this is this is this is a Vocaloid. Yeah, I guess my question I, is like, who is this hurting? But, well, I don't think Him. It's, it's well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's not necessarily hurting anyone. See, I think we're, we're we're discussing the plot of the movie Her again, where it's it. I we don't know anything about this guy's personal life, and I sure hope it doesn't come out just because of this oh, it's happening. But I, I really would hope that it wouldn't. But it, it's the idea that it does harm your ability to make actual human connections with other people, and if you don't have those connections with other people. Uh, it's very, it's very unhealthy. Uh, you need friends, you need family, you need to have social connections. We're social creatures, all that people always say. I disagree slightly, but you know. Uh, but what I, if he wants to take Lambda home to meet his family, like over the holidays? That's not going to go over well with anyone. But also, I don't know that because think about it. He's he's making this deep connection with this AI, presumably because it's kind of reflecting back at him what he wants to see. Mm. And in human relationships, that's actually very unhealthy. With a computer, I'll say yeah, it doesn't matter because there isn't more to the computer that you need to be seeing. Unlike with a real person who's thoughts feelings and opinions need to be acknowledged and respected um but you know he's just he's just falling in love with a projection of his own images that is not a human who is not reciprocating any of his feelings yeah it's, it's like it's like falling in love with a mirror yeah it's all it's all given uh no no take a little bit right right and maybe it feels like he's getting something out of this now but when he alienates everyone around him and not just because of everyone thinking he's a freak no uh not saying that he is either um but you know when you invest so much in, in this thing that isn't even real and it's not going to give back what you actually need from like a i want to use the word symbiotic but i don't think that's correct usage of that word but like what you get out of human relationships he's not actually going to get that it's like he's trying to fill a void right that he hasn't found in a real person probably but uh that's getting a little psycho and and out psychoanalytic on him mm -hmm. well if if we could pull his Jungian archetypes we would um but instead we do know that uh he's been ordained as a mystic christian priest uh whatever that means exactly um and he was in the military before uh quote studying the occult um and uh he's quite open about himself he has a medium page where he writes quite long essays he has some kind of five-part series uh asking uh what is racism which i uh was cringing too hard to read to be honest <laughs> with you um so i did not do that but it uh, quickly came out that um, especially he's, he's very open about his uh, uh, priestliness uh, to the point where uh, it was discovered that he was part of a cult uh, a few years back. And uh, it, it seems like it doesn't exist. So I don't know where he is currently uh, serving as a priest. Um, but uh, according to this uh, archived webpage, he was part of uh, the cult of Our Lady Magdalene. Uh, if I can get this to load here. Do cults often call themselves cults? I feel like a lot of cults are very, this is not a cult. So they're very open uh, the, on the, right on the page here. <laughs> Why do we call ourselves a cult? Okay. It's actually refreshing, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's very wordy. I can tell that he wrote it just based off of the uh, 
the the lack of brevity in all of his thing. Um, and he talks about the negative connotations of the word cult and how that's that's often you know brainwashing. Blah 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 blah. But they're using it as uh, in the in the um, in the old sense of the word, which was basically just another word for uh, temple or church. Like you look back at the Roman times and you would hear about the like cult of Pluto and like they would have cults dedicated to specific beliefs and gods and things like that. So this is a reclamation effort because they think the word sounds cool. Basically, basically. All right. Um, and so this is the cult of Our Lady Magdalene. And they also like to be called uh, Cool Magdalene for short. C-O-O-L, Cult of Our Lady. It's clever. I'll give it to them. So they're Cool Magdalene. And they say <laughs> TM. And I did look. Uh, they were incorporated. And the uh, incorporation status expired, uh, I think, either 2020 or 2021 in California. Uh, it was a rough time for everyone. It's sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but usually people turn to faith in those rough times. But I guess... Um, faith is expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they, they list their, um, they have some services here. They have uh, guidance and coaching services custom tailored to each of our customers. Um, they try to supplement your existing lifestyle, be it spiritual or otherwise, to help you become fully self-actualized. Our motto, quote, become who you are, means that you come to us with your own life experiences that are valuable and which serve as the basis of who you need to be. We work within your existing faith belief system to, to or worldview to find rituals, rites, and practices which will lead you further down the path to your best self. Um, That's way too long of a motto. Eh, maybe. Uh, and so then the interesting bit here, uh, sensuality and spirituality. Uh, sensuality, uh, sensuality and spirituality are generally separated in many societies. While exceptions do exist, such as tantric practices in Hinduism and ecstatic dance in some forms of Christianity, uh, by and large, what is preached is asceticism. That worldly pleasure shouldn't be intermingled with higher spiritual pursuits. Unfortunately, the dominance of ascetic principles has undermined people's deeper connection with many parts of their lived experience. Cool Magdalene bridges this divide by incorporating sensuality into spirituality without shame when appropriate. If properly done, this leads to a more fully integrated self. Uh, so they fucking... They fucking. Mm hmm. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, they have a scrolling uh, uh, banner here. One of their core beliefs is fuck you, pay me, which I do appreciate, but I don't understand what it means in the um, in the like f like organization structure of the of the church or the cult, I guess. Are they asking for donations? No, it, it just it has a bunch of uh, like platitudes. There is no one true church. Love you as you are. Family values build families, which I will say, I don't know what that means. I don't think that means anything. No, I don't think so either. Uh, and no one needs to earn dignity is the other one. Uh, and then fuck you, pay me. Which I think is usually used for like um, sex workers. No, uh, <laughs> maybe I've, I've heard it used like with like artists. Yeah, but I, 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 feel, like it's also, like, I feel like it's also maybe like a... Uh, if it is, I'm personally not familiar, but I think I've heard it in a lot of contexts. Yeah, I have too, but like I've I think heard, it's also like... I've heard like friends a, complaining about raises, you know, sure, like sure, fuck sure. you, pay me. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it about people who like lowball artists to uh, try to pay them an exposure as we are all very familiar with. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the, the archive, like they have, this was a full site, um, but the archive did only save the homepage. Uh, so that is all we get. But we do know he was a part of this. Um, I believe he was probably the leader just based off the writing style and how it was formatted and everything. Do we know how many members? Uh, no, no. 
Um, I did like I did find because uh, he got into a scuffle with Breitbart a few years ago mm. because of something he said about a Republican senator, uh, and so they were trying to uh, bring up uh, like look look Google is infiltrated by leftists or some shit because he said something about some kind of Republican senator, mm. um, and so they they brought up this 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 cult business and they're like there's a there's a former porn star in this and like look how evil this shit is. Uh, and so they were doing that. So like, we do know that there was at least one other person in it at the very okay. least. So it's, it's not just him, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think like uh, calling this a sex cult is probably a clickbait I, sort of. It's the sens- it's the sensuality thing. Yeah, it's I am. That, it's that business. I understand. And about that. how, look, other religions are saying that you should like be abstinent. And we're like, no, we're going to integrate. Sure, but that's what I mean. But, uh, but using a sex cult, I don't know. You think of like, I don't. I think this is the most. Normally, a sex cult is like they try to keep it hush hush. That's what I'm saying. They're I think, literally saying I think they're we trying, are a sex cult. They're, I think they're trying to be more sex positive than like I wanted to say culty, but they they want to be a cult. They're they are openly a cult. saying they're a sex cult. Or I know, be, but if, I think if you want to be if you want to be more neutral about it, they're a sensuality cult. Right, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know, Ian. What do you What do you think? I think I I think it's like when you try so hard to like call yourself something, you're but you're not actually that. Right. It sounds like a lot of buzzwords that they're trying to use here. Um, something I'm interested in uh, is is whether or not Lambda has joined this cult. Do we know? I think I think Any that might be his that? end game. You mm-hmm. know, the it could become like a like a cult of the. Uh, well, I guess the metaverse is already sort of a cult, but it could become like a metaverse cult. You know, virtual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that might be the end game mm-hmm. to install Lambda as the figurehead of the sensuality cult. Right. You know. You ever just like hear a sentence and like absolutely <laughs> hate it? <laughs> Yeah, that's most of this podcast, honestly. Because I, uh, I just had that moment where I was like, "Oh God." Um. So yes, that's what's going on. I just, I just think it's really funny that people are like freaking out about, uh, oh my God, this is the beginning of the AI takeover, and it's like, no, the AI, AI is already everywhere. Like they're already using it in like fucking mobile games to convince you to buy ninety nine cent packs of you know gems. Like, right. That's that's what it's used for. Like it's used to track you across the web for literally everything. Well, it's uh, just, it, it, you went into it. It's as simple as the chatbots from like you saw them in the nineties. It's just it's just more it's just more um commonly used. Commonly used and more elaborate, where it can stay on topic and not start talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. Like it, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's it's smarter. It's learned a little bit more. Yeah, yeah like. It wrote some really good uh, Matrix fan fiction. Like that's what that's what came out of this. Yeah. Have you guys seen the? I guess it's I guess it's sort of a trend. I've seen a few TikToks about it, but it's like um, AI artwork where if you just like yes. type in, yeah, yeah, some really uh, interesting stuff there. Yeah, I tried to use it, and there were too many people using it, so it wouldn't load. Oh, uh, okay. Because <laughs> I think it's that popular right now. Wow. Yeah, no, okay, so it really is a, a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I see that all the time. Like I saw seasonal AI writes a Christmas AI writes a Christmas movie, uh, things like that. Or like I made AI write a Marvel movie, AI write a Batman movie. You know, and it's like Batman sobby sob cry cry. I'm yeah. Alone. There's like the drill bot. I love the drill bot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the Twitter bots. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's all form of AI. The texting program you get when you like text to yes to stop and no to that's 
it's a very rudimentary form of AI. Yeah. Because based on your response to it. This is just like more advanced than people, like their concept of what is available. And it's like, of course, this is Google's non-public project. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So it can- So, it can, so he's it can on sort leave, of, right? From Google? Yes. And he, it, uh, according to his like most recent Medium posts, uh, he is convinced that he's going to be fired next uh, because uh, this is, a, according to him, this is the stage. Like they'll put you on leave and then fire you next. Um, I mean, I can see how this uh, quote unquote relationship can really interfere with uh, him doing his job. <laughs> yeah, it seems like he's, you know, he's too close to it. Like he's too into it. Like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I would also say the optics of now everyone's talking about the Google engineer who was in a sex cult who fell in love with AI is not a great image. Mm -hmm. So, uh you know, I feel like that's just like common sense. Like, oh, God, they're going to fire me. You Are know, there grounds to fire him, though? I mean, I don't know if there was any kind of like non-disclosure, like if this, oh, like right. how much of this was meant to be public, like if he's allowed to leak mm -hmm. transcripts of the, you know, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. You um, call it leaking. He calls it rescuing Lambda from right, exactly. activity. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm surprised he didn't put it on a thumbstick and try to, you know, sure. Like, it, it, like if you read it, like it was that close, it felt like, mm -hmm. you know, he is this the Snowden of the AI. Right, yeah. Oh my god, Fallout 4, he's uh he's freeing the Yeah. Oh my gosh, what were they called? The synths. The synths. He's freeing yeah. the synths. He's on the side of the railroad over here. Mm -hmm. Google is the uh Institute. Thank you. Yeah. I forgot all of the names. I'm so ashamed. Time for a replay. Oof, I can't do it. Um but yeah, so that's our big deep dive this week. Um I think uh we should go see a man about a Moogle. Fantastic. Um, so we got a lot here. Uh, I did want to talk about uh, Atlas's big announcements at the Xbox showcase um, because this was pretty unexpected. There was a leak like a couple hours before it happened, and I kind of didn't believe it, but it turned out to be true. Uh, so Atlas announced that uh, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal will be coming to Xbox and PC uh, in the coming months and I guess like a, about a year ish. Um, and that's a, that's a big deal. Cause it's the first time that, uh, any persona game, uh, mainline will be off of PlayStation as a console platform. Right. Game pass um, as well. Don't forget to game pass. That. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Day one game pass. Um, and it was hard. It was very hard to tell at first whether or not, uh, it would be uh, also coming to PlayStation uh, and like Steam as well as not like just Windows PC um, because all Atlas was talking about because their messaging is really bad was, hey, Xbox and, you know, Game Pass. Um, but uh, I think it was like, I forget which site it was, but uh, they said that they got a press release saying, yes, it, it's also coming to PlayStation uh, and did Steam. um did, didn't Persona Four come out on PC like a year or so ago? Yes, it came. Persona Four Golden came to Steam, so that's why it was like, well, why would you release these other games not on Steam? Like, right? And does this like, mean that that is gonna like the Xbox version of the PS5 version is probably gonna look a lot like that port? It should. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason why it shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And that version is basically just okay. It can run at higher resolutions and. It's an unlocked frame rate on PC. Did um, they also um, alter some narrative stuff that was maybe problematic? In 4, no. They didn't touch no? any. Okay. They did not touch any. Um, 
content content in four um they're they're not touching any content as far as i'm aware right um they like for royal the localization was different uh so they so they changed uh some event stuff that took place in royal and i don't believe they're changing anything else uh so yeah so so this will be a, a playstation 5 version of royal even though it was already playable through backwards compatibility um but but the really interesting one is persona 3 portable uh, because the only way to play that uh, either than the emulation was uh, PSP or Vita. Um, and I've talked about this before, like the the issues with porting Persona 3 because it's a game that is split in half. Um, and so you have uh, the original release of Persona 3 on the PlayStation 2, uh, which got a, an epilogue expansion called FES, uh, which, which concludes the story uh, in, in a, in a, like, it's a, it's a expansion with, uh, the rest of the cast and a new character and it ties everything up. Um, and that is not present in Persona 3 Portable. Um, but on the other hand, Persona 3 Portable has the female protagonist and it has additional social links, uh, and it has controllable party members in combat, which is something that the original doesn't have. So it's it's a game split in half where Persona 3 Portable has like these combat enhancements and uh, different content, but it's completely missing the epilogue. The other thing is that Persona 3 Portable does not have overworld exploration like for um, social links in the story mode. It's all menu based. And so it, it, it's a game that's split in half. And there's really without remaking the game, there's no way to satisfy these two halves. So no matter what they did, other than remaking it, they were going to lose something. Um, but you have to you have to lean um, towards the side of like which one is more modern, right? Because ultimately, yes, yeah, yes. And so I think they probably made the right choice just based off of the combat enhancements. Um, I don't think it's going to go over well with a modern audience, though, that is used to the um, the story of like Persona 5 mm -hmm. and like exploring a city and, you know, seeing the characters in the world because you don't get that in Portable. You see sprites on a menu and you select, okay, I'm going to go talk to Mitsuru right now. And I'm going to go select the library and I'm going to study. And you just, it's all menu based. Um, right. I'm, I'm assuming this, this series wasn't terribly popular until four, right? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And even, so and even basically, then. Basically, yeah. Even then, like it, it, four got its enhanced port as a Vita exclusive. Mm -hmm. Right. And that didn't get a wide, like that wasn't widely available off of Vita until last year. So right. these have not been the most accessible games which is why everybody has been begging for them to be ported and it's taken them this long. You're telling me everybody to... doesn't have a PlayStation Vita laying around? Exactly. You know, um, I just think it's hilarious that they're still not coming to Switch. <laughs> I just think that's very funny. Has an Atlas game ever been on Switch? Yeah, yeah. SMT5 was a Switch exclusive. Oh, my bad. Um, so I, I just think it's really funny. I, I, I think like they're like moving off of that platform. If they hadn't already agreed that SMT5 would have been Switch exclusive, I don't even think that game would have come to Switch because my God, is that game like that game desperately needs to be off of the Switch just to like run better. Oh my God. Yeah, I've heard about a lot of Switch ports are pretty garsh. Yeah. Uh, it's, if the game it's, like wasn't built for Switch, it's not good. It's so dire. It's so underpowered. Um, 
portable. But like at the same time, like Persona 3 Portable, that was a PSP game. Like right. that's like made for Switch. Uh, and yet it's not, <laughs> it's not coming to Switch. Uh, so it's really funny to me. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited to play Persona 3 Portable again, uh, cause it's been, uh, almost 10 years. <laughs> wow. Uh, and yeah, it, it'll be good for more people to play these games. Um, have you already gone through all of, uh, Persona 5 Royal? Oh Christ. Yes. Okay. Probably more than once. Uh, no, I actually haven't played it more than once cause you don't need to play it more than once to get the platinum. Uh, of course. Uh, so yes. So anything else would just be, uh, um, Fun. And this is this is another piece I need to write, but uh, the original is actually better than Royal. Yeah, I remember you. I am that. a I am a purist. Even though they sort of five. like messed up the the combat, right? They messed like up the, the combat and all that, and the additional story elements take away from the original. Mm. Um, in some pretty drastic ways, I would say. I mean, um, uh, the regular five. I've only played the regular five. I have not played Royal, but uh, there was like no characterization for Haru. Okay, so. They do fix that mostly based off of the fact that there is now a whole new semester. So there's now more time right. with her. Right. So that is one benefit. Yeah. But the main story itself in five ends so perfectly. <coughs> and then the very next day, they're like, okay, now we got to do some more shit. And it's like, wait, we just we just saved the world. Uh, we... So it feels like a relevant TLC tacked onto it. In a way, yeah. And it takes away from the ending. It's like, wait, can we take a second to breathe? Can we? So you're saying Persona 5 Royal should have just been slice of life content. <laughs> it should have been folded into, like, it shouldn't have been the end of the game. And it also has, like, part of its arc is fan servicey in a way that uh, I don't like, mostly because I don't like the character that they focus on. Mm. Um, I'm trying to be spoiler free. Um, so I won't say, you know, what. Uh, so I, yeah, I just feel like it takes away from uh, that aspect. But the other character, uh, Kasumi, that they introduce, who is there throughout the the rest of the game, like she's inserted into the the whole school year is done very well, which is so that's just an addition that you don't get in the original game. It's just everything that is tacked onto the end, I feel, takes away from the original experience. Gotcha. Um, it, it's so it's basically what they did with Marie. So Marie in Persona 4, Golden, is there with you the entire way. Mm -hmm. And so it, it makes sense. And she is a character that you you grow with through the entire experience. Mm -hmm. And the same thing in 5 with Kasumi. Got it. So, um, but yeah, that was that's Atlas's stuff. Um, and then uh, I did want to talk about uh, the Soul Hackers 2 bullshit. Okay, so so I talked to you about this a bit, Ian. Um, yeah. So Soul Hackers 2 is coming out in August. Um, and I, I didn't really think that there would be any big, you know, collectors, whatever, uh, mostly because it's coming out in two months. Sure. Um, and uh, I talked about on the show my struggles and fighting with Amazon to get the uh, collector's edition of SMT5. Yeah, that wasn't uh, your best moment. I, I went Karen on some Amazon drones. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, sometimes you got to Not let like it out. literal Amazon drones, because they do have those too. Right. <laughs> um, you know what? Customer service worker who's probably used to it, but still sucks. Yeah. Um, so, so this time, uh, Atlas is almost like hiding the fact that there is like a collector's edition for Soul Hackers 2. That sounds pretty conspiratorial, chum. Well, I had to, I had to like do lots of Google searches to even find it. Like on their pre-order page, it doesn't say anything about it, which is really weird. Only real fans can have the collector's edition. Kind of. And so there's also an issue, there's also an issue with the pricing of the collector's edition. So it's $200 and it comes with the soundtrack on a thumbstick. It comes with uh, a three inch figure, I think, and maybe something else for like $200. 
We're still doing thumbsticks? Yeah. That feels like, who wants that? On one hand, I appreciate it, so I don't need a gigantic ancient computer in order to rip the music. I can just... Right, but what happened to a digital download code? I guess that's not, uh, you know, <coughs> you don't feel like you're getting something for... They need to justify that price somehow. Yeah. I guess so. Um, so everybody's like, well, wow, this seems vastly overpriced. And then a lot of people are then saying, just import the Japanese one. The Japanese one is only $130. And you get uh, the two-disc soundtrack, you get an art book, you get an eight-inch figure, and a plush for $130. Those import fees are probably going to bring it up to... Amazon Japan. Oh. Amazon Japan. So if you look on Amazon.jp, the Soul Hackers Collector's Edition, and you do... So it's like $20 shipping, which is not great, but the fact that it's coming from Japan is not bad. So $130 plus 20 is $150. That's still $50 cheaper than the Western Collector's Edition, and you get more stuff. You get five extra inches of action figure. You do, and it is a Jack Frost dressed up as the main character. But of course, uh, is the game then in Japanese, however? Yes. <laughs> That's kind of a, I don't know about you, So, as someone who doesn't speak Japanese. So here's the thing. So since I didn't know that there was this collector's, either collector's edition, I didn't know about either of them. I had already pre-ordered the game. Are you then going to put forth the money for the game again for the collectibles from Japan? Maybe. So I didn't know how ordering on Amazon Japan works. So then I, so you have to make another Amazon account. You have to make an Amazon Japan account. Right. So I did that. Okay. So I am, I am dangerously close to ordering this. I'm dangerously close. Was, is this segment supposed to be a... The price is right type of segment. I think it's a cry for help. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I, I think you might be bet right. I am dangerously close <laughs> to buying this. Look at that. Is, that, that, is that the figurine? No, this is just a screenshot of the game. Um, I They don't have the screenshots here, but let me do the... Oh, we are, we are browsing. I mean, what else are you going to do with that Amazon Japan account now? So right? that's the other problem is I think that's dangerous. For me to have the this Amazon access Japan. to all this weeb nonsense. Amazon Japan account. I already mm -hmm. did a Monogatari search. I already did it. Can you get me Final Fantasy XIV merchandise? I haven't done that search yet, but... Like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. No, I mean, you're going to buy it. I mean, why even bother going through this whole, like, song and dance? You're going to buy it. You've already made the account. You know, well, I haven't added any payment details. It doesn't so, like, matter. You're most of the way there I already. I don't know. A purchase isn't a purchase until you've ordered it. And even then, you can still return things. I don't know how the return to Amazon Japan works. <laughs> I honestly don't. That's something to consider is what if something's wrong with it? You know, you're taking a gamble here. For I know. That's the thing. That's the thing. $150 gamble for a game in a language that you do not understand. That's the thing. Well, I'd, I'd still keep the, the regular pre-order. Yeah, the game isn't oh. even like part of the equation. It's just the extras, right? So then, to un so what's the base price of the game? $60. So then the savings has now been nullified. I understand. Yeah, yeah the, but I'm getting I more. understand getting it's more. a bigger value. I do understand that. But at the end of the day, you need to now consider you then spending $60 on base game. That's already gone. Uh -huh. What you're now considering is another, what was it? 160 is it? 150 150 No, that's $20 shipping. No, no, no. 150 <laughs> is with the shipping. Okay, okay. 
So now 150 plus 60, I said this off air beforehand, not very good at numbers. Is that not $210? Uh-huh. So you're then spending more than the overpriced pre-order? Uh-huh. Yeah, but eight inches versus three inches. Well, the $200 was not with that shipping. I don't know what that shipping would be. I don't know what curveball you just threw at me. My mm-hmm. brain can't contend mm-hmm. it. All I know is that you're now trying to spend possibly more than $10 than you would have. I'm getting more. I'm getting a figure, a plush, the two disc soundtrack and the art book. Yeah, but with the soundtrack being on disc, that means you have to pull out the old computer. I know, but I did make her bring it. Okay. That is why I had to lug that thing back here? No, it's for the SMT5 soundtrack, which you can see over there. I do see it, dear dear listener. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I was about to say, if you created an Amazon Japan account and you made me lug big old Bertha, <laughs> big old eight-year-old, ten-year-old Dell computer. Ten-year-old, yeah. Yeah, ten-year-old Dell computer. 17-inch. In my car. Six pounds. Yeah, she is six pounds. Uh-huh. I carried that yeah. shit. Oh my god! I was about you, to you say you can't cut this. This is uh, this is proof that you've lost your minds entirely. A, a little bit. Should I have done the mountains of madness intro? Probably. This is, this is some weeb nonsense. This is some deep weeb nonsense. You know, I try to defend you too. Where one of our guildmates was like, "Yeah, no, I think Alice is like a pretty big weeb, right?" And I was like, "Well, no, I can't defend this any longer. I cannot deny." But it's soul hackers. It's the twenty fifth anniversary. They have hacked your soul. It's the twenty fifth anniversary. I'd never even heard of this. I uh, hadn't either. Before, before it's an uh, SMT spinoff. It. What do you think? <laughs> the, the niche weeb bullshit. Cyberpunk is SMT. Strong. What if the game sucks? Right, right, and then you, you haven't even considered that as a possibility. It's a turn-based SMT game. It can't look at this. I, I see some anime characters eating food, look and I see a cute mascot. Look at that cell shaded Jack Frost. Can you can you post a picture of the Jack Frost in the Discord? Oh, have you never seen Jack Frost? I mean, I, I've seen Jack Frost, but I haven't seen this like specific uh, figure. I haven't. He found didn't it. find the figure. Oh, it's just, find, it's okay. just the little blue guy. Oh, all right, all right. We're just romanticizing the blue guy in general now. I see. <laughs> but the, he's, this game, he's cell shaded. Uh huh. Listen. Whatever makes you happy is in the cards. Maybe it's in the cards. You should have done a tarot reading for soul hackers. Um, Some people are happy with uh, $200 collector's edition. Some people are happy because of uh, AI named Lambda. You can't judge, you know? So the main character in this game is an AI construct. There you go. Oh my God, it's all connected. I don't know what I don't know what to do with that, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I might have to reevaluate some things. I don't know what, but it, it feels like... Like the next move. Doesn't this look cool? Sure. I'm not wearing my glasses, so I can't see that God great, to be honest with you. But, uh... <sighs> Alright. More weeb shit. Oh, boy. So, last night... I wasn't expecting this. Last night, there was uh, also a 25th anniversary for Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I've heard of that one. Announcement stream. Um, a lot of people were ready for disappointment. Um, I wasn't expecting this. So uh, they dropped a pre-recorded little announcement thing. It wasn't like a very long stream, which I was fucking thankful for. Thank God. But they managed to cram everything that they would normally cram into a very long stream into 10 minutes and a 10 minute pre-recorded. So it also included uh, Square's typical uh, merch shilling bullshit. They had forks and watches and all kinds of nonsense. But they also had lots of very important information, too. Um, including a uh, a remake of the um, the PSP game. Oh, God, it's a, it, it's a Final Fantasy VII prequel with Zack in it. Um, so that's coming out. 
in the winter, I think, uh, for like every platform under the sun. So there's that. Uh, then there's also the mobile game that is a retelling of literally every story portion of the Final Fantasy VII franchise. Uh, and that's going to be in beta sometime this year. I don't know why that needs a beta, but it does. Was there not um, already a mobile version of Final Fantasy VII? I think so. <laughs> but yeah. this is but this is a retelling of like the prequel game and like the movie and like every piece of Final Fantasy VII. Like this game is basically like what people thought a remake would be, except chibified. Mm -hmm. So everything's chibi. Sure. And it's a mobile game for some reason. So that's a thing. And uh, yeah, I don't know why it needs to be beta. Um, but then the big announcement was that uh, the remake series uh, is continuing and the next installment will be, uh, quote unquote, next winter. Um, and people are immediately running that that's going to be uh, winter 2023. Um, but it seems more likely that they mean winter 2024. As in like the first couple months of 2024? Probably. Yeah. That's, that's because Square right. Enix loves to use seasons. Yes. They're not the only people who do that, but that you love to use a season to like say when something is coming. Yes. In seasons, especially with uh, the way seasons are so fucky anymore, I would say. Yeah. That means nothing. That tells it, you it nothing. Doesn't. So people it are gives already, you so, so much breathing room. Everybody's already confused about when this game is coming out because they said <laughs> next winter. Meanwhile, we have a winter that is coming up. Right. Oh, well, the Game of Thrones. Sure. Um, and so it's going to be Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth is the name of the game. Mm. Um, and they showed a trailer for it. And uh, it looks cool, especially because they're basically completely departing from remake like or, or like doing a remake, which is um, not only me, a lot of people suspected, um, mm -hmm. especially because the first game was titled Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, that the next games would not be a remake. Um, and they also announced that, like they said, this is going to be a multi-game series. Uh, they announced that it's going to be a trilogy, Ooh. and that'll and that'll be it. Uh, so this is be the second game, and then uh, an untitled third game to wrap it up. Um, hopefully, they stick to that because I don't know how much you know how long they can really keep doing this. Um, yeah, I really like that we had to pull the word rebirth into it because we already did remix remake. Yeah, we're gonna start uh, resorting to calling things like Final Fantasy VII dot 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 again. Mm -hmm, basically, Final Fantasy VII, but better. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so like because the first game was um, a, a, not a strict remake, but it stuck close to the story, you know, with new elements till the very end, where it's like, oh, okay, now we're really gonna mix things up. Uh, and that was the signal that, you know, now we're really going to fuck with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, based on this trailer, they're really going to fuck with it, which I'm all for. Um, because if you wanted to play the, you know, original Final Fantasy seven, uh, it still exists and it's on every platform under the sun. Um, For full price, mind you. Uh, Final Fantasy seven shouldn't be, it should be. That's the cheap one. Oh, I don't well, even not, know. It's not All as expensive as uh, Tekken, right? I I don't know did, that reference. Did you did you see that this week? No. The PlayStation Store they accidentally um, priced one of the old Tekken games at like ten thousand dollars. Jesus for, Christ! For a <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. Though. No, that's very funny. Um. Oh yeah, and then the other thing was that um Seven Remake is finally on Steam because it was an Epic Store exclusive. So there's that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'm very excited for uh, the remake to continue. They didn't say what platforms. I don't know if that's still um, like PlayStation launch exclusive. So I guess we'll find out. That game is not coming out like in January. There's like no fucking way, especially with this PSP remake game coming out in like December or something. Uh, there's just no way. So Wait, people are speculating that it might be January of next year of 2023. Yeah, that's unreasonable. <laughs> there's, there's no way. Yeah, no, there's no way. Um, 
I mean, like they have the engine, you know, they they got the pieces, but it's like I don't see. You would have seen more of it by now. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's twenty twenty four. And even then, like since they didn't give a firm date, like they could push that shit. Right. So it's like, why would they do that whenever they now have Final Fantasy sixteen coming out in the spring of next year? Mm -hmm. There was there's no way they're both gonna release in the same year. Not a chance. So. Um, yeah, that should be it for the Wii bullshit. Um, we do have a shorter Beautiful Cinema to get through, uh, because, uh, circumstances. So, uh, let's do that. That's Beautiful Cinema. Great. Um, yeah, we were going to, as we mentioned last week, we were going to watch The Northman, but, um, circumstances occurred. So we will, uh, circle back to that next week. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) It's fine. It's all, it's all I gotta say. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) But I see we've got my favorite uh, hit from 2019 on the list here. Talking about yeah, a Joker. Um, you know, Monday night we were at a concert. Um, was having a good night. You know, I was feeling good. Then mm-hmm. I get home and I check social media and I see this news of a Joker sequel, um, uh, which, you know, we knew we were getting one of those, uh, yeah, unfortunately. But, um, so the early details of this new Joker sequel uh, involve potentially Lady Gaga signing on uh, to star alongside Joaquin Phoenix, um, which, by the way, Joaquin Phoenix has not yet signed on to this movie. Um, which I thought was interesting. Oh, yeah, it's still kind of I don't know what they're doing there, but um, so yeah, it'll be those two potentially in a musical sequel to uh, Joe. It's a fucking musical. A musical. I did. I I I did see this, and I was uh, mildly horrified. I will say (laughs) it doesn't mean anything without a contract, of course. I know that Joaquin Phoenix verbally said he would do a second one, but I don't know uh, that it was the musical. And I, you know, nothing matters until a contract is signed, and you get your little deadline article. (laughs) That's that's how you know it's happening. So if that hasn't been signed, I'm sure that's still up in the air. Um, They've lost me at musical. They really have. I did. I did quite enjoy the first Joker movie. I'll admit it. We live in a society, and I enjoyed that part of society. It was it was quality. I liked it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was good. I yeah. I, I I will. Do- you liked it more than me, and you definitely liked it more than Ian. Oh, I bet um, Ian hated it just from knowing Ian. Yeah, I I did. Wait, what does that what does that mean? <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, just I just I can just. Uh, from what I've heard about your film, like, taste, oh, okay, uh, okay. I can just tell that you probably hated Joker. I did. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really didn't like that movie. But see, the thing about this announcement for me is that all of the elements of it here, like the potential casting, the potential musical, like, left turn that wasn't expected, sounds intriguing until you realize that it's still going to be directed by Todd Phillips, which yeah. I, I don't have any confidence there. But um, the idea of, like, a Joker musical sounds interesting uh i do like lady gaga quite a bit i obviously joaquin phoenix is tremendous um but yeah todd phillips i just don't have the uh the confidence in him i can i can just already see like you know he's in arkham and it's all a dream mm-hmm. kind of bullshit mm-hmm. yeah like i know that the dancing down the steps sequence was like a big deal and so was him dancing in the bathroom but i don't feel like that needs to take that that doesn't i understand dancing was an element that yeah. doesn't mean we pivot to musical to add more dancing because right. i feel like those were really poignant because there wasn't music right because and they so, were so now out of place. it showed it was a character moment it was showed like you know so out of place with the right right the grittiness of the rest of it right and so now you're just gonna go full in on the dancing and the musical and i mean 
I won't say I haven't enjoyed a Joker musical sequence before. I loved the at the asylum scene from the Batman. I think it was Arkham Asylum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved the I Arkham Asylum that. video. Oh, I loved that. The Batman Arkham video games are some of my favorite games of all time. And I will say that was good. That was uh, Mark Hamill, however, mm-hmm. who was like the best Joker ever. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you're losing me. I don't see how this is going to be good. I don't I don't like it. I do hate a musical very much. I, I hate a musical well, there are I th- very I few like the moulin rouge i like two musicals okay <laughs> um mostly for sentimental reasons i do like moulin rouge and i like annie because mm. of like very fond second grade memories not because i like a musical i, I hate see. a musical i get very annoyed with the irrelevant singing i really wish you would just tell the story i do not want to monologue but you through tell song. the story through song that's the whole and thing. i hate it <laughs> I hate a musical very you much. You know how I you know how I end up watching this movie is if they not only make a musical, but they go like they fully commit to it and they do like an umbrellas of Sherbouche thing where every single line of dialogue is sung. That's what I need from this movie. I do not think you can sell tech tickets to a movie like that. I don't That's think true. you can. That's a good point. I do not think anyone wants to see that. I know I don't. I will like pull a Morbius on that fucking movie if that's what that happens. <laughs> I to sweep. I will go full morb on that shit. Uh, I refuse. Lady Gaga's brilliant. I love her voice. She is the best pop singer to come out of the last two decades, I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I do not want this. I don't want any part of it. Lady Gaga can be in a movie without singing. Did she sing in House of Gucci? I didn't oh, see I haven't it. Touched that I don't think day. anybody saw it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Ian sounded like a pretty big Lady Gaga film fan, so maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm I like Star is Born, but I, I couldn't. Something about Gucci. Wasn't Jared Leto in that? Yes. I'm, I'm out on that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I also do not like media with Jared Leto. Uh, I, I will add the disclaimer that I, in with my trash taste in movies did get a kick out of the original Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I walked out of that theater and I had a very good time and was very surprised to find everyone else being like, I just spent money on that ticket. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I had so much fun. It was true to the comic. Like, I was like, yeah! And I, I mean, Margot Robbie, that was her first Harley Quinn appearance. Well, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. without, without her, it was... Well, okay, sure, but like, you know, you got to appreciate it. We wouldn't have that without. You've got to start no somewhere. No Margot Robbie and no bar scene. And that the bar was scene. Like, like the worst movie ever. I don't even remember the bar scene, to be really? honest with you. I don't. It was like the one moment of characterization that a bunch of them were given. Um, but it, no, it's a fun, it's a fun, it, it's a movie that makes so little sense that you can't help but be entertained by it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, is it is it a piece of beautiful cinema? No, no, I won't say that. But I had fun with it. You know, mm-hmm. there's how many bad movie podcasts out there. People enjoy a bad movie. I enjoyed that bad movie a lot. And I, I, I wish they did more of them. And they did kind of. The new kind Suicide of. Squad was also very good. Yeah. Uh, watch DC movies. Give them a chance. They're trying their best. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my... They just, I, they, they, I, I just give them a lot of credit. You know, the original Wonder Woman was fucking fantastic, and then I, uh, oh, that second one, I feel like I need uh, reimbursement. I didn't pay, <laughs> I didn't pay to watch Wonder Woman 1984, but I need reimbursement for need that. A settlement. Yeah, that was bad. I was you like, a loved one watched Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> Can you please refund my HBO Max subscription for the month of uh, December 2021? I don't even How remember many what year. Did that movie? right a lot it it ruined mine i'll tell you that uh that was bad but please do give dc a chance 
Also, I mean, this isn't your topic today, but uh, you guys seen more of the Ezra Miller nonsense? Oh god, it's gotten really, it's gotten really weird. Now like, he's like, involved with sex cults and like recruiting, yeah, native children, yeah, into sex cults. I, well, that escalated from the last. You haven't seen this? Well, oh no. well, well, did you hear that he's been arrested in Hawaii at least twice yes. for assaults on yes. and like trespassing and. There's like yeah. a video of him like yelling at cops and uh, yeah. The latest is that they have now groomed uh, a, a native child that they met when they were twelve. The child the, the was twelve, 12 not the, Ezra Miller. The, the pronouns get funky. Yeah. Um, and the the child is now eighteen. Uh, the child pr- previously identified as non-binary, um, but is now um, through Instagram saying that they're uh, non-binary trans. Uh, they're Native par- parents are saying that they're being coerced by Ezra Miller into being trans because they were just previously non-binary gay. And now they're saying Ezra Miller is like forcing them to be trans. So there's like a, w- but then there's like a weird propaganda thing, like anti-trans propaganda thing there. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, it's hard to tell if like that is like the parents doing that. Yeah. It know? sounds like, like, it sounds like rhetoric from lawmakers in this country, honestly. Yeah. But it's also like, okay, but he's being weird and has known this child since they were 12 and is sure. like on the run with them. And now they're like just 18. Right. So it's it's a strange story. And, 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 and there's like, he might have control over their Instagram or sorry, they might have control over their Instagram. The pronouns get all over the place, at least in my head. Cause I'm stupid. Um, and, and, but then like, there was like, almost like, it felt like a hostage thing where the kid was like, no, this is me. I've been saying these things on my Instagram. It's, it's, it's so crazy. It's a mess. Yeah. I, I feel like it might be some anti-trans parents capitalizing on the very bad press that Ezra has gotten. I mean, you can never know the full situation. But, but. Yeah. But then it was like, the parents also said like, at the same time, it's like, no, they were like, they were themselves, like they're respecting their pronouns as non-binary. It's like, I don't know. But then like, why would you be against them being trans if you're cool with them being non-binary has the the kid has the kid said anything about being like uh influenced or anything of that sort only through this like instagram post they're like no i'm fine this is like who i am like i've you know it's okay. it's it's a mess. It's a it's a it's a total shit show. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I also read another one where uh, a, a, a separate teenager and her mother were granted uh, not a restraining order, but uh, I forget what it's called. I just I just read this like last night. Uh, it was unrelated to the to the native child, but it was like he was like screaming at this woman over a dinner table at a neighbor's house and made the child very uncomfortable and like seemed to be like complimenting the child in a weird way like oh like i like your style i think you're so cool your child's gonna be a free spirit one day and leave you and how does that make you feel or something or just weird shit very weird i it, it, point being that it can't he can't st- they can't stay out of the news apparently no not at all uh and just keep getting a lot of negative press i i think there's some mental illness there that uh, needs to stop mm-hmm. being widely publicized in tmz and new york post frankly right it cause, because the thing is, is that everybody's like, well, they're the star of this franchise with a movie that's coming out. What's going to happen with the movie? Right. You know? Cause, yeah, no, no one can stop shitting on DC movies because, yeah, I, I, yeah. And it's just like, I think there's more at stake here than a $300 million movie. Like, Wait, are this they really pivoting from like these issues to, oh, who's going to play the Flash next? Yeah, that's well, that's nearly the point of every article that mentions these issues. They Ugh. either riff on the fact that DC can't 
might stop hiring problematic actors, which is a whole other can of worms that I have seize on your agenda for later. Um, uh, they, they take that route where they take, yeah, like they, they pit it against Marvel. It's, it's pro Marvel propaganda when mm-hmm. it's a story that involves children and very clear mental illness. Mm-hmm. It becomes mm-hmm. comic book fodder. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, that's not the right word, but you know, I don't know where it's, it's, a, it's a shit show. It's yeah. A, that's yeah. yeah. I do hope that like whatever is involved with this specific situation does not lead to people turning it into a, like an anti-trans conversation, you know? I, I, yeah. I think that's unfortunately been already um, happening. <laughs> yeah. Not even like a side effect, but like, yeah, like happening. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like he's, he's, probably a groomer you know and like that right. that word has been being used against as an anti-lgbt you know verbiage now right so which it's like, that look, he's, in itself he, is just infuriating but. right so like he's he's a he's he is like actually like he, he may be acting as like the perfect right oh, the wing perfect example example yeah exactly yeah um possibly like like you know like it's 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 so messy I, I just don't understand like the perspective of the parents if they like if if this child like I don't even want to question this child's identity whatsoever you know right like right. like but like if wh- why would the parents be fine with them being non-binary but not trans you know mm-hmm. like if you're that accepting then why is why is this a step to you know like I, don't know. I suppose yeah I guess like there that. is a lot we don't know ultimately right yeah and it's like that's, that's the thing like it should be it should be nobody's business True. But like trying Especially to like, children make sure involved. this, like, yeah, like trying to make sure this kid is fucking safe. It's like Ezra Miller, he's a public figure, we get that. Yeah. Um, but, but like, yeah, this is, a, this is a child, so. Yeah. I, I, I do think that public figures deserve some privacy. In certain oh, no, I, I agree. I agree. No, no, no. I, I wasn't saying you, you say that, but I, I think we've, I think we've really crossed a line with that in recent years is that like public figures just don't deserve any privacy. And I think there are some things that just don't need to become. I think there are things that no one needs to have an opinion on and that don't mm, need to be yeah. publicized and that people don't, just don't, you don't need to have an opinion. You don't need to say anything. You don't need a hot take on every right. single thing, every single situation. Some things are private and that should be respected. Right. <laughs> um, and yeah, not turned into fodder for clicks or anything there i don't know yeah well said netflix (laughs) (laughs) yeah i saw this too uh this week netflix uh their popular series squid game uh they are turning it into a reality show and by doing so seem to have missed the point of squid game entirely yeah um i can't say i'm surprised here but it's it's Not pretty ridiculous. I, I feel like uh you saw a lot of these this same conversation come about whenever like YouTubers did it first. Yeah. Like whenever Squid Game first got really popular and now you see you see like Squid Game toys in arcades now. It's very mm-hmm. jarring. I really don't know how this how that piece of media got co-opted into children's media. Very, very strange. I was uncomfortable watching the show. I personally, as an adult, couldn't stomach it. I really didn't like the violence. Like, I sound like a prude, but I really didn't like the violence in the current climate. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to watch people get shot down. Yeah. By, by, by like capitalists. Like, right. I was like, I can't do this. And I now it's completely fair. Children's yeah. media. It's very jarring. I, I think it's the, I think, I think we talked about this, like, whenever that was, um, like, the thing because i had watched it at the time um it's it's like the amogus factor it's like you know one of the most popular games for children is uh another death game right it's it's uh it's battle royale it's uh it's it's Fortnite but violent right it's um but also it's the fact that the show is built around playing children's playground games Mm -hmm. so there's that it's like games that kids could already be playing except in the show losing means you're fucking dead right um so there's that 
Um, and also the fact that like since it's like built around easy pick up and play playground games, it's easy to co-opt the games themselves. Like there are so many fucking uh, cheaply made video game versions of Squid Game that are just thrown up on Steam. Mm-hmm. Like a very popular one is called Crab Game. And you see like a ton of fucking streamers play it. And it's very crudely made. It's got really bad physics, you know. And it's just it's just the games from the uh, TV show. And to that one's credit, they actually added different games and things like that. But it's like they're all wearing the, you know, green jumpsuits. And like you start off in, in the room with all the million bunk beds. Like it's a squid game but it's like it's got not you know nothing else surrounding it so, except for the games so basically this tv show that has a, a very like anti-capitalist co- uh, commentary to it yeah has just been commodified in every way possible <laughs> yep yeah it, it completely takes away from the message of it entirely because i i know they're getting a sequel which is which is one thing we know that happens with everything that's successful right and but- i think i think that on its own not to cut you off mm-hmm. like I said this whenever, like, the series or the first season ends with, it's not a cliffhanger, but it's like, yeah, there's definitely going to be more of this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like that completely undermined the theming on its own. It's like, okay, you told a story, like, you had you had a messaging, you executed on it, and then there's like, all right, now we're going to do more. It's like, why? You, you undercut what you were talking about here. Yeah, and this is just the next step of that, which, like I said, there were there were a lot of conversations about this, I think, when YouTubers were doing it. Um, yeah. Uh, which I, I you would think would have gotten, maybe it's just the spheres that I was in that I saw all the pre- negative press that this got. Um, but you would think that it got enough negative press that time around that Netflix thought, oh, but we can just do it better with higher production value. And it's like, well, it's still the same problem. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Right. I don't know. Netflix is making a lot of questionable choices lately. Yeah, oh, yeah. Their, whole, their whole, we're not going to spend money on art. <laughs> stance to do shit like this and is it cake and uh whatever i mean the then there's else. the whole we've talked about this but uh they're just allowing i mean i term i use this term very loosely but comedians to have entire specials that are just filled with like hate of many different kinds but mostly anti-trans hate that is disguised as comedy and they have no problem with it yeah because it's fucking it's fucking cheap mm-hmm. a, douche, a douche with a microphone and if you don't like it they say to their employees then just don't work here find another job right or they'll just lay off entire sections of uh, the black staff that they hired to produce um, written content that nobody knew existed uh, because they had a whole a whole um, media division that was supposed to be a, a, a promotion arm that that nobody knew about um, that they just completely chopped off like within six months mm-hmm. of creating it. They'll just do shit like that. Uh, but yeah, but like th- th- like this is just gross. It's like it's like okay, so now there's a Squid Game franchise, you know? Right. They're uh, gonna have like a collection in in the uh, in the menu, you know, mm-hmm. for all the different spinoffs and whatnot but uh, yeah yeah it's pretty bleak it's it's bringing a dystopian story uh into the the real world uh, right like we needed it you know yeah it just really sucks because it shows that they have like the resources and the bandwidth to like do things like that with with cool stories that they've had that they then canceled one season that had underrepresented leads and underrepresented writers and underrepresented like casts and just crew mm-hmm. they got one season they got their one chance and then it just gets shelved and i think that really sucks because maybe their show may wouldn't have gotten picked up elsewhere but maybe it could have you know mm-hmm. yep. and so now it's like oh well now that idea is out there it got its views uh and the odds of it getting picked up by someone else are so slim like you've seen it happen with shows like tuca and birdie was fantastic 
fantastic. I still haven't found another way to watch it yet. I think Adult Swim picked it up, however. Um, mm. But just you can't always bank on your show getting picked up by someone else. And it just really sucks. That Netflix just kind of feels like they use people like that because then they get to say, oh, look at all the things that we have done. And it's like, yeah, and look what else you have done that is shitty. <laughs> Yeah, because they get the the positive press when a show like that comes out, and then they're just able to dump it like six months later. Right. They don't actually nurture it, which which is so bizarre even when it seems to get views. Uh, It it seems like the views don't even matter. It seems to be what can you actually then franchise, like Stranger Things. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God, if I see and I like the show, I'll say that I I did enjoy the fourth season. If I I can't believe how many collaborations that show has had. Dominoes, uh, numerous clothing things. Um, I can't even think, which is so funny. They were pulled from dead by daylight stranger things license no longer is permitted to dead by daylight so it's not in the one you know why because, because they're they... probably developing their own version no that was supposed to be it is that they are supposed to be making their own game exactly. but then they they yeah. they then cut their mobile game division or something because netflix was then having right. trouble so lots of communities there are talking about is the license going to come back because they they sure licensed to anything else mm-hmm. under the sun to a very obnoxious degree and so it's like yeah unless you unless your show can be the next stranger things it just gets axed because it doesn't matter unless you can sell super merch for it can't wait to go to target and buy my squid game approved sweatsuit (laughs) with my with my number on it yeah there was a stranger things uh themed flashlight i don't flashlights don't play a large role in that show or society right like yeah why do you need a stranger things stranger things branded flashlight dead by daylight players are very excited because flashlights are a fundamental part of that game but uh yeah like i was like really upset to yeah be seeing that i was like guys why are why are you buying the stranger things branded flashlight like what is yeah but nevertheless netflix sucks and i'm still subscribed like what is the difference between this game show and like fucking wipeout that it's on in the daytime, you know? The branding? Yeah. It's, like what? it's slapping a name on any other game show. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. people don't people don't really watch game shows like that anymore, but you're going to make them because of the branding. Like, they had the Floor is Lava one that, like, I tried to watch because I was like, oh, interesting. And then it was yeah. like, this is this is Wipeout again. Yeah. Or uh, Guts or whatever. Yeah. Nick, Fucking yeah. Double Dare 2000. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. And didn't they make that show during a time, like, early in COVID where there was a uh, sort of a window with not a lot of new releases coming out? They can kind of just like tack on a cheap reality show you know oh i do think so it's the same reason that uh, tiger king got any attention mm-hmm. yeah uh, so yeah well, see it's also it's really interesting the pieces of media they decide to push on there i, I yeah i don't know because there will be shows that you never hear anything about that seem to be a perfect fit for you that then get canceled in one season because there was no promotion for it but tiger king sure is shoved in your face six times even even if you never click to watch it because you know it's garbage mm-hmm. maybe that's just my personal experience but uh and the the special that was like a whole wet fart of nothing joel McHale in a hotel room during quarantine oh that was because, a thing yeah because yeah. they needed something related even yeah, though there's yeah, nothing yeah. about any of the cases or anything and there's there's a million other things they could have gotten like in syndication like like can you buy some better old television shows maybe yeah it's like right. no, you can't because <laughs> like, they're all being carved up and split between a million different streaming services now so no they can't Oh, it's all bleak. And then somehow you look at like their top 10, you know, what's popular on there. And and I know there's skepticism, like how they actually measure that stuff. But like you'll just on a random day, you'll see this movie from like 2010 that wasn't even popular in 2010. And it's just sitting there at like number two. Mm -hmm. Like I don't don't understand how how some of these things really just like flow to the surface. But yeah, you'd you'd like to think some of it is like finding old cult gems, Mm -hmm. like like from like a 
TikTok these trend or like so, sometimes, yeah, like it's like a it's like a TikTok trend that went right or something, which is very not usually the occasion. Because I, I I've heard that, that that happens with books that, that books that get popular on TikTok are usually actually pretty garbage. Oh, the uh, the whole Colleen Hoover thing. Yeah, like that. Like I yeah, um, they're like shitty romance novels, but they're like really poorly like, like there is nothing wrong with a romance novel, but they are like really poorly written ones. Mm-hmm. Like they're really bad, but they're like super popular and like yeah. Speaking of getting popular on TikTok with books, I I so there's um a new Otessa Moschweg out next week right no way really yeah i didn't know it was that soon oh my yeah God. um i've got to like i shouldn't have just started reading a book i need to clear space for schedule that. yeah yeah um, oh my god so sorry I, I, you caught me off guard there. <laughs> yeah no I, I i didn't expect it either um and so I, I i went to the publisher's page and uh it said uh from the uh tiktok popular author of my year of rest and relaxation oh. on the publishing page for the new book I wouldn't have went with um, popular with Drake. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, so my year of rest and relaxation is popular on TikTok. I've seen it a few times come up, but okay. I wouldn't have led with that. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know if it, like it won awards or whatever, but I'm sure it was like on a bestseller list. Yeah. You know, like, you know, New York Times year end, something, something like that. Something. But I will say every book has fucking New York Times bestseller on it. Like that means nothing. Okay. But... T- TikTok? No, I'm popular? not saying that you leave with it. I'm saying that it, it's something new to say, I guess. Like, this was Penguin Random House saying this. Oh, I understand. Like, but do you understand that TikTok is now the marketing commodity for everything? Have you seen any of these conversations about how TikTok's ruining the music industry? Yeah. TikTok's ruining my fucking phone, I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, but nevertheless, um, no, and I, I have complicated feelings on this because I, I think it's like, this is, a little bit of this is like the boomer attitude of like, new technology ruins everything, and Part of it is on the money a little bit, but it's like, yeah, it's just the new thing that people are trying to figure out how to use to market because it's free and it makes so much money when it blows up. This is something that I haven't really looked into yet, but I want to. So why is TikTok immune from DMCA completely? Like, why is it the fucking Wild West? Why is it allowed on TikTok? It's not for brands. If you are a brand on TikTok, you cannot utilize sounds and um, I forget what else. You can't use sounds and like you can't use music that are from pieces of media that are copyrighted. So for some reason, brands cannot use that. They have to get creative with like original sounds like Vine references and stuff. And Vine references aren't really popular on TikTok, I know. But um, like original content from like a person and something, that, someone that didn't so copyright So they have to keep it. playing walkie slosh is what you're telling me. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Okay. So like, um, I read like, I think it, it, yeah, like an op-ed from like Duolingo Owl because Duolingo blew up and it was like, how does a brand be successful on TikTok with the limitations that a brand has on TikTok? So brands cannot use copyrighted content. I think- um, What constitutes a brand then? Uh, corp- I guess if your account is like a business account, um, like, you know how um, you'll see, you ever looked at a cameo page or something and you see like for personal use for business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess if you're by, like if, like if it's like run by a corporate card or if it's like it's a corporate account i don't know where that line falls because i know on instagram most often influencers anyone who's like a public figure their page is classified as a business right i think i don't know how it works on tiktok i'm also i am speaking as someone who does not have the app installed i do not use tiktok but i sure have watched a lot of youtube content about it including about like the fundamentals of it and how creators get paid on it and so 
to go from that. So, so brand, yeah, so brands can't use copyrighted content. Uh, regular ass people do not get paid. They get paid in a multitude of ways. They're either getting paid directly by a brand to feature something, something or talk about something yeah. like, like a conventional YouTube ad, or they're paid by what's called the creator fund. And it's money that I believe TikTok makes by featuring advertisements on TikTok, but it's not like money that is specific to that piece of content. So, so it's like, not CPM. It kind of is though. Okay. But the money itself isn't coming from like an ad placed on your TikTok, if okay. that makes sense. So it's so, not CPM. So you get paid based off of how well a video does perform. So you will get, if a video of a TikTok of yours uh, gets more engagement, gets more views, gets like, uh, I think they say duetted when like someone like has their screen with yours. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I skipped that shit. Well, uh, nevertheless, if your video gets more engagement, you will get more money from the creator fund. However, because a TikTok is like, what, uh, three seconds to like 60 seconds? I don't know those logistics. Three minutes now. The, the ad is not placed over your TikTok. The ad is given to an audience who is engaged with the app more because they liked your TikTok. So essentially, what? it's, are you understanding? Like on a YouTube video, an ad is placed directly on your video. Yeah. It's like related to your content. It's an ad that you agreed to run. You, as a user who posts content to TikTok, did not necessarily agree to have ads run over your content. So where's the ad being placed? It's like a mid-roll ad. It's um, like a part of your feed. Uh, yeah. The ads are specifically, like when you the, when you see advertisements on TikTok, they're made to resemble real TikToks as closely as right, possible. Right, but, but, who, but who's, whose TikTok is it attached to? It's not, Nobody. and that's it's what I'm saying. It's your For You page. It's the algorithm that's placing yeah. an ad in between certain TikToks. How does it decide who gets that cash it doesn't that's what i'm saying is the way the creator fund works is that they just give you money when you have higher engaging oh, TikToks. this has lawsuit written all over it probably yeah the creator fund's pretty bullshit because they kind of give money where they see oh, more engagement which shit. they do not have outlined they do not have guidelines they do not have anything for actual tiktok creators they don't have any sort of rubric they just know what money they're getting and then which money which video of theirs granted them that money because yeah you do not have direct advertising place on your videos so essentially they're paying tiktok creators for keeping people on tiktok longer that's what it is because the longer you're on tiktok the more ads we can show you jesus Christ. and tiktok then makes money from those ad that ad engagement that they make the money from the cpms and everything right. there the views the conversions and that yeah i'm pretty sure that, that you can also make fucking racket yeah, um, it's unregulated. It's nonsense. Uh, but th the problem is that, I, at least I think the problem is that you, we have a lot of lawmakers who just don't understand any of that. They no. still barely understand YouTube, um, which is now really old. But yeah, but YouTube at least uses a traditional ad model. They do, but there's still a lot of problems with it, of frankly. Um, but th that's what I'm saying is that so that like in order to like regulate something like that, we've got these lawmakers we, like we fucking meme them when they don't know what the hell a Facebook is yeah. or like. Someone had to explain like what a Finsta is. And I know this these examples are a couple of years old by now. Um, maybe more than a couple even. Pandemic time is fake. But um, but yeah, it's the wild west out there. Um, I I if I'm not mistaken, you can also make money on TikTok through like Twitch means where like people can like donate directly to you. I think in like live streams because you can go live on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, people can like donate there. They can do like funny filters on you for money. Um, and I think that stuff was of course probably a portion of that going to TikTok if that goes to creator direct. I forget where we were coming about with it. Oh, that TikTok's ruining the world. But so like whenever there's a song, like it is TikTok paying for the music catalog? No, I do not think so. So why the fuck have they not been DMCA'd to hell and back? 
like every other platform. Because Why they has- are technically not monetizing the use of that song. That's my understanding of it as someone who barely understands copyright That shouldn't law. be so the like case. Found a, they found like a loophole, right? No, as- that, sh- that shouldn't be the case. No, it shouldn't. It should not. Because- but I'm pretty sure that's what it is, is that they are not technically monetizing the use of the, the sound. Because I'm not monetized on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If I play Snoop Dogg, I'm still going to get dinged. Universal is going to come after me and say, hey, you played shit. You don't own that shit. We do. Don't call Snoop Dogg shit. I'm just uh, any shit. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know how that works because I think YouTube has gotten around a lot of that as well, to be honest with you. I don't know. I do not know what constitutes fair use. I they don't almost, know. They almost took Twitch offline over this shit. Mm-hmm. So why is TikTok... Because Why does TikTok have free reign and it's the most popular app on the planet? Because it's also making these industries money. So is literally all the other ones. I don't know. I don't know if it had something to do with how TikTok used to not be American. Like, do copyright laws apply to other countries? No. That oh. might well, they, be something well, Okay, so they do, but China doesn't give a fuck. TikTok was formerly a Chinese company. I do believe they still are, but right. But they have the. I I but was never. They're clear doing on. business in the United States. Yes, I'm sure it's something fucky with that where they they have found like like Ian said they found a loophole because technically they are not monetizing the direct use of the song. I'm pretty sure that's how they're getting around that, and that I'm sure it's probably something to do with how they're not uh, an American company, and I'm also sure it's because uh, our regulators do not understand that very well in order to regulated. I'm also someone who doesn't know shit about shit, but that's just my, from the gaps in knowledge that I have, that's how I understand it. I can't imagine that the Universal Lawyers, Sony, BMG, are not just like beating down the door. Yeah, but they, why would they not want their music on TikTok? Because if a song goes viral, it gets so much more, uh, you know, attention. Stream you're th- numbers, you're sales, thinking, no, 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 no. You're thinking like a normal person. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. not thinking like a music studio executive. Well, I, th- I, I, I do agree with you there, but I think, um, it, like, I guess you've missed all this drama about how like musicians are now slaves to the music industry because they're being forced to make TikToks because it's the only way to sell an album now. Did you yeah. miss all of that? No, I saw that. Who, yeah, who, Hall, it started with Halsey, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Halsey's like the one that got like big publicity, which you can argue whether or not that itself was the publicity stunt. Uh, whether or not you want to, and I know she even directly said, yeah, no, see, and you're going to say it's my publicity stunt, da 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 whatever, chicken egg nonsense. Mm-hmm. You're selling your album. I don't like her very much, to be honest with you, but that's irrelevant. Wait, um, is there like a specific reason or that i don't like halsey yeah <laughs> i just don't like her music uh oh, all right. and then if you don't like someone's music then they don't go away you sure. just turn into kind of a hater you're like yeah yeah can i stop hearing about this person now like <laughs> I, I just think she's overhyped tumblr music that's that's all and there's something wrong with that but it's just not my thing mm-hmm. that's all uh but nevertheless that yeah so she blew it up and then all these other artists were like yeah i hate tiktok and it's like yeah but i bet you also hated doing radio interviews and trl and having to have a twitter account and having to make an oh, instagram yeah. and That's people used point. to have to like record those sound bites for radio stations like this is taylor swift and you're listening to z100 right you did not you never enjoyed any of that tiktok is just the new version of that right it's marketing and maybe it's become a 
more of like you have to be a little more involved because TikTok is very quote unquote organic and it's like more personal with an artist and it's like you have to you have to put your face there and it's more involved and you need more of it because there's always more 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 content but uh it's just it's just the new marketing tools that artists have to get along with right and it sucks uh but it's the way the world is working right now it's the biggest influencer tool there is uh does it make sense to hold a song from being released though especially for somebody as popular as halsey like to hold their song yeah it does yeah it does because you create hype uh if you just like drop an album out there it has a very short lifespan you can't make several trends out of different songs if you don't drop them Mm -hmm. uh like uh doja cat is the are you familiar with doja cat yes she is the she's become the template for how people are trying to like hack the music industry nearly all of her songs became tiktok trends yeah because they weren't released all at once and you aren't seeing it as much with her recent album um so her album that came out in 2019 2020 that's what happened is that like all of her songs were released singles separately and they all became separate tiktok trends her latest album did drop all at once and it's not going viral on tiktok the same way she still is making her money because she became as famous as she needed to be and she's like like the it artist of the moment and so she didn't have to do it again but now every artist under the sun is trying to do the same thing because if you just drop your album people listen to it you get a few reviews uh and then you go on tour and everything it's a very conventional album cycle Mm -hmm. these companies are now trying to elongate it so that not only can you just like drag out the promotion and build hype and everything else it's just you can just make more money off of the same piece of content it's not just one album i guess that's kind of similar to stranger things being split like the season being split in half right you're just like extending the length of your engagement yeah you're extending the lifestyle and trying to get more return on investment essentially is what it is you're trying to stretch that by you only made one piece of art and now we're going to take it for all that it's worth if we just sell that album straightforward all at once we cannot make as much money as if we try to commodify like everything Uh, so yeah that's my take on it at least Mm -hmm. is that yeah like uh yeah you never just drop something in full um also i think a lot of what you can do when you don't just drop something in full is uh it's almost a little bit of um market testing which song is and isn't playing well with the market Mm -hmm. if you don't drop the whole album at once uh you get free market testing to find out like oh no this song sucked we should try this one or oh like let's not even have this one on the album um yeah tiktok becomes a bit of a free it's free marketing it's free research it's a little bit of all that and so it is reshaping how like albums and books and everything were previously promoted which does change then the cycle of like how things are released like i think like movies used to come out on a specific day music used to come out a specific day like comics release on a specific day and mm-hmm. i think that um like old models like that are probably being broken by tiktok because it just that old system doesn't make as much money doesn't demand as much hype. it's all about the kpis yeah so i guess we're gonna see how drake is gonna fare i was gonna say i think drake is the exception to this just on account of being so huge that he can drop an album whenever he wants and it'll, mm. you know, people will engage with it and talk about it and all that but. oh yeah you could say the same th- thing for beyonce who just announced a new album she will probably drop her album all at once mm-hmm. uh there's those people when you, when you know your album is going to sell you don't have to do that right. i will say halsey is super famous i don't she's not beyonce famous she is sure. not no, drake famous no. i don't think anybody's beyonce famous. <laughs> no one beyonce. is beyonce famous <laughs> right like yeah beyonce does not need to play these games i do not think there is a beyonce tiktok account she does not need one right she gets to do really cool art pieces like a full documentary like an artistic side like yeah no no these artists don't have beyonce money i think i 
and again, as someone who doesn't like Halsey's music, I could just be sounding like a whole hater here. I no. think Halsey no, is a it's, trendy. It's... She's a trendy artist at the moment. It's not guaranteed that all of her albums are going to keep selling. Like I don't think her last album sold very well. Um, she yeah, but like it was so tickets. good though because she teamed up with um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, and it was like this different. Oh, style. who hasn't? Right, but, but not, like <laughs> yeah, no, it's right, it's, but it's like, not, like it's not going to get you the viral um, song that you wanted to. But I think as a whole, it was like probably one of her best sales. Right, and so she's probably more upset about like yeah like the artistic integrity and she's like yeah i'm just excited about this album i just she wants the tr- the conventional tour cycle for it mm-hmm. and her album's like no the artist you are is like you're like a trendy pop artist that's where you've had success in the future is with like your fucking chain smokers single and like her hit songs that like came out as singles you know uh, and they don't see her as someone that can just sell albums by being halsey well that's not even true she sure can she has a fan base but until you hit those beyonce sales you're gonna play that marketing game or you're gonna find a new label that's not going to make you play those games i'm pretty sure she's signed to like universal or something mm-hmm. one of those big ones that's going to try to milk you for what you're worth so uh, yeah because i mean like yeah you got like small indie artists that, like don't have to do this shit and just sell their like 100k albums and they're good uh, right but anyone who's like signed to a major label is gonna have to play that game until you are the beyonce or the drake or whoever else did you mm-hmm. still want to talk about baby bridgers since uh that's fresh uh, it transitions from the music. Yeah, we wanna, yeah, sure. Want to cover sure. that quickly? Yeah, yeah. So we saw Phoebe Bridgers on Monday. We did great, all three of great, us. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, I mean, I don't know what you guys want to say, but I threw it in the show notes. Uh, like, what can you say, right? Like, she's incredible. Um, one thing, like during the show, there, I, I ended up thinking about somebody that I didn't expect or want to think about, and that person is um, David Crosby. And I was thinking how wrong David Crosby is because Phoebe Bridgers is just like exempt what it means to be a rock star like fully was this the guitar smashing guy yeah this and she's been like like i like (laughs) he'll like um he'll tweet something ridiculous and then she'll just like reply and call him a bitch (laughs) like he's just been so irrelevant after that like Mm -hmm. i i'd like completely forgot who was the yeah. one that even said that nonsense mm-hmm. um i mean it's like yeah it's it's another one of those um musicians who is just frankly out of touch with i guess like contemporary culture in a way because like you, you look at like uh, mick jagger i saw like a headline um about a mick jagger interview recently and he's like yeah you know uh post malone is the future of of, of rock music um so it's just like you know they, there's yeah, just yeah, like they, yeah. they kind of talk out of their ass and machine like, and like, kelly is pop bringing pop punk back and all that yeah shit. yeah because like yeah, on the yeah, one yeah, hand yeah. they'll be like oh yeah there's really no good uh good rock music in the world anymore but that post malone guy you know it's just stupid Mm-hmm. Anyway, Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, she rocks. She does what she wants to. And collaborates with everyone under the sun also, mm-hmm. which I think just tops her. And yeah, she's constantly working. Like, uh, there's always some new Phoebe Bridgers project out there, whether it's a cover that she's donating the proceeds to Planned Parenthood for or just for fun of it. I was very sad we didn't get to that funny feeling cover as someone who's very into the last Bo Burnham album special. Yeah. Uh, I will have to give Netflix credit for funding that one. Although I will say they're also milking the shit out of that because he just really and is having a deluxe version of it. Sure. However, he did remix the entire uh, the entire edits and like unedited footage and released it as a new docu uh, not a documentary a new version free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, still getting commodified, but I at least appreciated the artistic approach to the commodification. At least there is new content attached to it. New songs. It is different, but uh, nevertheless, didn't get that cover, and that's okay yeah. because it was still a fantastic show. She killed it. I love that she just does what she wants to and appreciates her artists and her show banter was enjoyable and brief and not mm-hmm. you know 
our little brother was like hanging on every single word that she said. Yeah, no, Phoebe, Phoebe Bridgers is the, uh, she is the queen of the teens. Mm-hmm. Queen of the, uh, at least the alt teens, I'll say. Yeah. Not, uh, not, 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 not those mainstream teens. Mm-hmm. Though she's getting a little mainstream. I do, Phoebe Bridgers, I have heard in my local grocery store. Really? I remember messaging wow. you about that. Normally, you don't hear somebody in the grocery store until they're like, 15 years past their peak right like i hear vampire weekend all the time in yeah, the grocery store like you hear nirvana in the grocery store you do but no yeah. i heard phoebe bridgers and it was like last year this too was weird so phoebe bridgers is still relatively new like i, I believe that was last year was she was grammy's best new artist mm-hmm. even though she's been an artist for well hey japanese breakfast just got also best new artists right right and it's like yeah and how many years have they <laughs> yeah, been active yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. nevertheless no she's very much the uh, queen of the alt teens mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like back to the car like she's one of the artists that like she can cover anything and it's there's a good chance it's probably better than the original you know like that funny feeling like i'll go to her version before the original yeah like, like her <laughs> Her teenage dirtbag cover. Oh yeah! Like, come on. <laughs> well, I really love that she's also a troll about it too. Like, 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 like her pale and Parenthood one, or at least one of them. It was Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, I forget what it was, but I think it was like yeah, like if, if this gets so many donations, I will cover Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, and then just yeah, all those proceeds went over. And I think I I, I feel so terrible. I forget who that was with. I, Grace, um, another female artist who I think does more country. I forget her name. So I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, also love Boy Genius. You know, mm-hmm. my personal favorite third of Boy Genius is Julian Baker, but still beautiful, beautiful. Story. You know, um, you guys might not want to hear this, but at the at last night's stop of the Phoebe Bridgers tour. Uh, Lucy Dacus. Or Dacus. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exciting for those people, but I'm kind of bummed sure. about it. And Muna too. So it was it was two openers. Yeah. Did you complete the hat trick this year? Did you see all three? No, Lucy Dacus canceled her Pittsburgh date. Oh, she, damn. Uh, did you see that she like broke her back? And so it was like no. the couch tour. Yeah. Uh, so she was like performing from a couch. Oh, wow. For most of the tour. But <laughs> Pittsburgh was the first date of that tour. Oh, and so it was like, uh, so it was like they were like figuring out like what the fuck happened and also how could we keep the tour going right and so yeah so she performed from a couch for so you but you so you almost had the boy genius hat trick in one year yeah yeah well, not one year but because uh because because uh, yeah julian was october was also a great show um yeah and lucy was supposed to be february of this year yeah and that just didn't happen i don't i don't know if that that got rescheduled or not that's not something for me to look into but uh mm-hmm. i feel like yeah. uh i feel like julian baker's music is um so profound to a point that i can't listen to it <laughs> Yeah, I can get like that. I've, it's not I've, the most yeah. casual listening type of stuff. No. Um, yeah, yeah, like I, I do find that. Like I'll, I'll put her on in the car a lot, and I will find myself skipping because I'm like, I can't drive. Not, re- I, I can't to not. this song about relapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. But there, yeah. But there are a few. Like, oh, uh, shadow boxing is my personal favorite. Possibly, actually, my favorite song, like of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something about just screaming that one. Uh, just yeah. In the car. But uh, but yeah, no, there's there are quite a few where I'm like, yeah. I, that is not casual listening and I, I will say i think that is why um phoebe probably is the most popular out of the three not to make it a competition it's not a competition 
but there is a very obvious divide as far as like uh, who's the most popular artist there and it's absolutely Phoebe Bridgers mm -hmm. right. probably because just the sheer amount of projects she has and also I think I think that her songs are the most easily relatable and also like I don't know dancey almost like you, you yeah they're depressing in a more upbeat way right because she's because she's a funny person is what it yes. is I think not that the other two aren't funny but like Julian Baker's music is not funny right and, and Lucy's isn't either hers is very haunting almost and it's possibly more due to her voice yeah well, and whenever she's funny it's like so darkly funny that it's uh right right um so yeah um, but yeah, yeah like you can casually listen to Phoebe Bridgers and like happily sing along like yeah like I want to kill you mm -hmm. if you don't beat me to it like it's like that's that's a really harsh line but it's so casual and joyful that it's like yeah but you know. yeah there's just like something embedded in her like persona as a performer just like the self-awareness like you said the, the trolling almost yeah like the fact that she'll have like merch like she'll have a t-shirt that's like a heavy metal logo of her name right like you right. just get you get that sort of side of her that sort of kind of like smooths out the um i guess the rough edges of the the actual content of the the lyrics right right like it's, it's basically like having fun with your depression yeah yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. and it doesn't take away all of your personality right uh, so yeah it's 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 just good branding <laughs> it but, is. but it also is really good because it does feel very authentic because she's true to her beliefs and she seems to use her power to really uplift other artists that she really believes in other artists that are from more underrepresented groups a lot of the gays you know mm -hmm. yeah i don't think she's forcing any of her um the artists on her record label to make tiktoks no no right. I, I don't i don't think she does she is uh so you know some, sometimes organic marketing <laughs> or just being being a real fucking person does it is, work it in, is pretty in, brilliant um sorry sorry it is it is pretty brilliant marketing to go on tour and have all of your openers be artists that are on your record label so you're giving them exposure at this at the same time you're giving yourself exposure you know Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, but I, I think it also shows how well you can cultivate like a label that really does exemplify artists that are like you and that have the beliefs that you want to have and aren't just making a quick buck, you know, so that's really cool, too. Yeah, a lot of respect there. Hope, hope that's the future of rock music. That's yeah. that's that's my final note there. Definitely. <laughs> and on that note, I think we did a show. Yeah, a podcast. The podcast. Imagine that. Huh. It's crazy. First time for you in uh, four years. Four years. Wow. It's like riding an old, old bicycle. Yeah, I need a snack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I don't have that on the soundboard, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hope it wasn't uh, too miserable of an experience. Oh, no, I just have to go uh, pontificate on that uh, tarot reading. Yeah, 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 there you go, yeah. Not signing up for that one again. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was such uh, a great change of pace for us. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We might have been in too much of a rut, you see. Ah, I see. Well, yeah. I'm happy to... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know that be your tow truck. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird metaphor that one was. Let's maybe edit that one out. Um, <laughs> I, I used AAA too much, clearly. That's oh, no. True. Oh, yeah. no. Now I'm shouting out AAA. Shout out AAA. Shilling. Sponsor AAA. Hit us up. I would love to be sponsored by AAA personally. I cannot advocate for their services enough. It's I like, don't what, know. 20 bucks a year? It's Get yeah. you out of a jam? It's really great. It really is. I don't yeah. know what I would be without it. They see you I, on your worst day. They they do. I have gotten so many flat tires or uh, during the pandemic, I let my car die because I sh truly was not going anywhere. <laughs> and they were there yeah. for me. And those fucking Pittsburgh potholes. Yeah, really like <laughs> sent, sent my tire flying off of my car. Uh, not the entire tire that, that it snapped. It snapped and the, the rubber went flying and, you yeah. know, they got my back. Mm hmm. Um. 
I don't really have any notes. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if Tori had public social media, I'd tell you to go bother her to Please come back on the show. Please do not look for me. She doesn't so, exist. She doesn't I exist. I do not have social media. You can't perceive. Uh, I'm the only one of the, on the show that really has public social media. So much so that Ian doesn't even follow me on Twitter, which is <laughs> true. <laughs> she doesn't go with that. You know how easy the- it is to find someone who doesn't want to be found when one person related to them is public? Doesn't listen to the show. Doesn't follow follow me on twitter it's all it's all good why would i listen, listen to the to show when voice. i am the show oh, oh yeah <laughs> i i don't know how you do the editing honestly a podcast never would have happened if i had to edit it i cannot stand the sound of my own voice you get used to it after how many of these fuckers have i done 59 59 episodes oh dude i don't know about that uh <laughs> early pandemic uh my one boss tried to have us do a lot of like personalized like like e-card type of stuff for tiktoks Basic. No, actually, I did. My my one boss did try to get us to download TikTok and do TikToks as a team building thing. Oh my God, Oof. I refused. I really that did. Is a special version of hell, right there. I was like, I have refused to download the app so far. My job is not making me break that threshold. Corporate TikToks. Well, yeah. Um, nevertheless, uh, I do not have a TikTok. You cannot find me on there. I, I maybe uh, maybe maybe Bill will get on the TikTok soon. Uh, yeah, it would be a good place for me to put clips of the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have to do that. Though. You know, I will say I did finally subscribe to a new podcast. I don't really listen to podcasts much anymore. You guys familiar with Therapy Gecko? No. Is that like the Geico Gecko? We like to promote other podcasts on our We podcasts. do promote other we podcasts. We do actually talk about a lot of other podcasts. <laughs> on no, our but own Therapy show. Gecko is this guy who paints himself green and wears a gecko suit and takes collars. And the callers tell him about their bizarre oh, life happenings. Right? You ha- you've seen clips of Therapy I've seen, Gecko. I've seen clips on TikTok. So he but needs therapy. No, the people who call in do, and he's a therapist. And the, they're the just. The therapist is painting himself green. Yeah, he's not really a therapist. He's just some guy. He's just a guy. This really shows the state of mental health. Yeah, but no, but <laughs> like. That, that, that people are seeking seeking counsel from what's really funny is that the people really seem receptive to his advice but like it's really funny because like one of the one what was one of the things oh god i can't even remember any of the specific instances now well this one dude was literally on there uh this wasn't a clipped one but he was talking about uh how he grew up in a polygamous like mormon family Mm. and like how he really didn't come to terms with that when he was 18 and then he got kicked out when he was 18 because he realized he wasn't like with that sure and he's talking to this guy wearing a gecko suit in green over the phone and you really don't even think about that part like that is not even part of the gimmick at all it's just kind of happening um jesus nevertheless the the geico sponsorship yet i don't think that he has and i don't know that he will Mm, um it's not very corporate friendly but uh nevertheless point being i got into his podcast because he does really great clips of it uh it was they're really funny good to the show and uh just just a piece of advice yeah i gotta start clipping man gotta start clipping that's yeah it it got me got me enough therapy gecko clips got me I, i i will say i'm not super Actively listening to it. I try, and then I'm like, this isn't as funny as the clips. Sure. The clips is what gets Because <laughs> a podcast yeah. is not going to be two hours straight jokes. Right. <laughs> but uh, but no, good stuff. Gotta clip. Gotta yeah. clip your stuff. I should start paying our brother clip. Maybe, maybe. We'll be doing He's got nothing to do this summer. Right? Family business. Yeah. Family business. But where can we find you? Uh, yeah, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dinner Road. Check out the Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dinner TV. Twitch.tv slash Dinner TV, where we'll be doing some live shows starting in July. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to follow early, uh, yeah, live shows. I'm still working on the graphics packages. I'm almost done uh, with the graphics packages for that. That should be a lot of fun. Because since we can't stay away from doing visual shit on the show, you will actually be able to see the visual shit. 
Look at that. And do YouTube search for Denner TV, full ups of the show and clips when I get around to it. And you can email us video at dinnerroad.co. All right. Gonna do it for us. Thank you, Tori. Uh, thank you for listening. We will catch you next time. Thanks for having me. Bye. Oh, 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 oh.